Hey golfers, welcome back to Hatsune Miku's Crack House. I'm your host as always, Sam Kingma, and join me as my best friend and co-host, Miles J. Miles, special episode this week. Yes, very, very special episode. This is a special rendition of Captain Crunch's Oops All Last of Us Part 2, <laughs> uh, in which that will be the only thing we discuss this week. Uh, normally we try to keep the show to 90 minutes, we'll see how long this one goes. <laughs> this is our full review discussion of The Last of Us 2, titled yeah. The Roast of The Last of Us Part 2. I was about to say, discussion makes it sound fair. It's not, well, I went into this game with an open mind. I really tried. I, I genuinely made an effort. I ironically did not go in with an open mind. I was ready to hate this game just from all of the things I heard, and I didn't hate it, but I was thoroughly underwhelmed, unimpressed, and convinced no one actually got anything real out of the experience. I, I think people wanted to feel like this game was important and had something to say. I feel very similar to you because I finished the game and I felt just kind of okay at the end of it. I was like, oh, well, whatever. It was just kind of a slog. But then I sat on it. And as the night went on and as the moon came out, I just got more and more angry at all the time I wasted. I, I actually, when I finished the game, I went to the loading screen and I looked at how many hours my playthrough took me. <laughs> <laughs> and it took me 30 hours. Wow. Wow. So we'll we'll get into it in a second why your playthrough took significantly longer than mine. I do want to say that before we continue any further, that as you've seen, this is a spoiler-filled discussion. So if you, for whatever reason, want to not spoil yourself, grab your black mage, have him hit that stop spell, <laughs> and uh, turn off stop. and turn, turn off the video, turn off the podcast, and come back when... <laughs> You're when you finish the game. With that being said, <laughs> I I wish I could cast Zap. <laughs> I wish I could cast game, Zap on Exile the, to the fourth two. dimension. <laughs> exile to the fourth dimension. With that being said, Miles, we've been waiting to say this for for many a weeks. Joel gets his head beat in by Abby with the golf club. Woo! Woo! Let's do finally, it. We did we it, gang. It. So we so did it thing, finally. <laughs> the one thing I didn't expect is for that to happen immediately. It's the first thing that happens. I'll give him credit. Killing Joel is the uh, inciting incident of the story. It was the right call, for sure. I agree. I think it it it's a lot cooler dealing with his death than, like, the whole meme being he dies at the end. Because that's just, or even the halfway point. That's just kind of lame. Well, I was thinking about it, actually. Uh, and I realized his death being the inciting incident is the first moment of proof that this game isn't actually that brave or that smart or that daring. It, it is a very conventional and very easy to digest tragedy morality play. Yeah, I'll say this, that one thing that a lot of reviews, even the ones that were really positive on the game, uh, always like stated that this is a, a very hate-filled game. There's a lot of hatred in this game. And I just didn't get the same level, I feel like, as everyone else did. I'm like, this is pretty par for the course. I actually said to myself, are we desensitized? I was thinking, am I desensitized? And there was one moment that made me realize, no, this game is just trying too hard and it's failing. 
What was that moment for you? It was the moment where Abby carved a man's face with a showtel and then distended his jaw. Oh, incredible. Oh my god, it was so gross. It was that was, so that was gross. fucking disgusting. It was the grossest thing to happen in the game, and it was too sub- Well, you know what? No, 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 no. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, let's start with the positives. If you want to skip the positives, jump 60 seconds into the video. Yeah. Uh, and you can, you can skip the positives. But in all seriousness, no, I think, like, there's, like, some merit to what happened. Like, there's a couple of scenes I think are good. Like, I think- the scene with Ellie uh, and Joel at the museum is fantastic. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a great scene. It's probably the peak of the game. I, I, I kind of really like whenever there's a chase of some kind. Either you're chasing another character or you're being chased by infected. Always got me like, oh, oh, okay. Kind of reminded me of what it meant to feel something, <laughs> uh, which I never did through the rest of the game. I, I think I think chases are are genuinely kind of always heart racing because I remember playing Silent Hill Shattered Memories and and you're you, there's an adrenaline rush to having to run from something. I, I I liked the fake out ending before they blew it. Oh, what are you fucking? Are you kidding me? I'll t we'll talk. We'll get to it in a second. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. I, I also like the fake out ending. I, I got worried that you weren't talking. About, all right. Continue. Continue. Yeah, I, I really, really liked the fake out ending until they fucked it all up. Yeah, for until me. they blew it. Um. Yeah. Uh. That's it. There's like a couple other like certain combat scenarios that I thought were pretty fun. Yeah. There's this one section in um i think it is hillcrest where you're playing as ellie by yourself and i think it's up to when she meets jesse there's like a combat scenario that i love because it just doesn't it just there's no break it's like 15 minutes of like three different scenarios back to back to back and you and it really like got me into the swing of things because i couldn't tell exactly where the checkpoint was so i actually tried and would do my best to work myself out of a bad situation instead of dying but like other than that, and a couple specific scenes that remind me why I actually really liked The Last of Us Part 1, and I'll say this about this game. If anything, Part 2 made me appreciate Last of Us 1 a hell of a lot more. Did you feel that way too? Yes. Well, well, I think we mentioned last time, I would give The Last of Us Part 1 a 6 out of 10. I think I think it is the the, the definition of, of something being good and well-executed enough that I have to give it that credit, even though I don't connect with it. And there's nothing in it I love, necessarily. I would, I would, I'm a little kinder to Last of Us 1. I'd give it a 7. 7, okay. That's Mostly fair. for the same reasons you do, there's just more aspects of Last of Us Part 1 I did genuinely like. Because I do like the story, and I do, and while I'm not like the biggest fan of like Ellie as a character, I like her and Joel's relationship, which is the focus Instead of her as like an individual, I like it way more now. I, I I was going off on Ellie last time. I'm like, you know what? Ellie's a good character as far as I like. There's some moments where she's like market tested teen for sure, but I yeah. would take that over over market tested venom snake lady with no personality. <laughs> and 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 it, and she is a caricature in this game. She's a fucking cartoon. It's so fucking stupid. So let's just let's just well, dive well, in. My my positives are, are probably a shorter list, but a lot of it is at the gameplay scenario level. You already mentioned the museum, the dinosaur museum. That's a great sequence. But as far as my actual positives about the gameplay goes, I think there's some really great 
levels and scenarios that that are are very fun to to go through um one thing to discuss that we haven't yet that you alluded to is our two playthroughs took very different amounts of time um you played the game on normal right yes i played so last was two also forgot to say another good thing accessibility options through the roof and difficult yeah difficulty accessibility and controls too yeah so yeah some of the some of the accessibility stuff i'm gonna be honest is just kind of fucking dumb but a lot of it's genuinely great and i always gotta put some respect on that uh regardless of if the game is total dog shit if it's naughty dog shit hey uh, i got i thought of that one yesterday and i was saving it uh <laughs> but uh but yeah, I pl- so the way difficulty works is you can customize specific elements. You can customize how much damage uh, the uh, Ellie or Abby will take when you're playing as them. You can customize sort of how hard the stealth is. Customize how many how scarce the bullets and equipment and stuff is. All that shit. I played on normal everything. You, however, played on the hardest difficulty for everything. I did. I played on Survivor because I've beaten Last of Us one on grounded. Uh, and I really, I knew that you were going to mostly be talking about the story. Uh, I did not realize I would also mostly do talking about the story, but I wanted to get into the gameplay. I figured that would be a good Siskel and Ebert kind of scenario. I agree, because I also have quite a, quite a bit to say about the uh, gameplay, too. I, I, I actually ended up having more to say about the gameplay than I expected, and very little of it is actually that good. But there are some good scenarios, and most of the game I played as a stealth game. Uh, occasionally, I played it as a shooter because there were times in which I genuinely just don't think they tested total stealth. Um, if there is, there's oh, probably there's no an way. optimal route. Yeah, if there is, there's probably an optimal route that they that they figured out and they used that optimal route and saw how many players easily discovered it. But I was thinking about, oh, and I'm just going to get this out of the way right now. I love Hideo Kojima, as, as we know. Um, and I'm going to be making a lot of references to the Phantom Pain in both gameplay and story. A lot. <laughs> uh, I've been trying to hold it in, all right? Uh, but just like my bladder, which this game almost ruptured at several points, I, I, I gotta let it out. I gotta, I gotta let it fly free. So I was thinking about the Phantom Pain. And how that game was very smart. It, Metal Gear Solid 3 is also very similar. They have these ring-shaped levels. Um, and usually there was an obvious entry and exit point. The exit point will be directly fucking in front of you. And if not, the level is non-linear. And there's multiple entrances and exits. Uh, in this game, they made the brilliant... And, and of course, the Phantom Pain and Ground Zeroes, where everything is an entry and exit point. There's like three yes. or four or five different ways to come into mission... Um, and even though the bases are very small, like the, the stealth segments in The Last of Us, they're densely packed, but there's a billion different angles you can take. Um, and I discovered very quickly that in this game, there's only one infiltration point and one exfiltration point. And every level is a giant fucking square, and I had no clue where I was going 90% of the time. So the reason that stealth is hard in this game is because you spend most of it trying to just fucking figure out where the exit is. All the while, enemies are just wandering around for you to get spotted by. And and the density of enemies on Survivor is insane. But more importantly, the lack of consistency with enemies is in-fucking-sane. It is unreal 
how inconsistent these guys are. I would rerun the same scenarios with the same movement, and I would get different results from the AI that I didn't interact with, because sometimes the AI would decide, you know what? I'm feeling like just turning Turn it around. around today. So this I'm is feeling a like craning my head. I was, <laughs> I was just going to say, so this is a problem I also had with the stealth in the game and it's in it in it uh still comes through on the normal difficulty where i'll be you know i'll be crawling through the grass or i'll be walking through the grass and you know one of the characters one enemy won't notice me but i'll be doing what feels like the exact same thing but they'll notice me right away or sometimes the warning cue will pop up and which always fucked with me um because you can never tell because the camera's so up ellie's ass that you can never really tell exactly where, like, it's hard to get good spatial awareness, and it's really dangerous to, like, move to a situation in which you have enemies behind you as well as in front of you, and it just sucks. Like, the stealth in this game is dog shit. I hate it. Well, I will say this, too. Like, the the roar, the, the indication roar, is yeah. genuinely one of the most inadequate alert danger like indicators you could possibly put into a stealth game and again i was thinking about you know metal gear solid uh you have barks you have if you're using the celaton radar you have different blinking icons even in the phantom pain where you can turn all of the indicators off um you still get lengthy periods of time in which the enemy is not sure where you are they'll stop you'll get a music cue you can stop Look around, see where something is coming from, mark them on your map, check your map. Um, if you're playing without indicators, you'll be looking at the iDroid a lot, but that's fair. It gives you a very good overview of what's going on. And if, if an enemy sort of spots you, the game has its stealth be distance-based, and it's based on two things, lighting, distance, and stance. And this is great. Because it's an open-world mm. stealth game, very open-ended stealth game. And it means when you're in these compact bases, getting discovered is really easy... Um, if you are moving too fast, uh, so you're, you're constantly shuttle running between cover. You're trying to stay low. You're, you're checking your corners. You're checking your iDroid. You're marking enemies. You're doing everything you can to avoid getting spotted. It's, it's still really tough. It's fucking hard as nails at times, but it's fair. It's always fair. Um, and it's, it's always relatively consistent. You get a lot of opportunities to, if a sniper is trained on you, First of all, also I will fucking tell you, but also you'll get a special <laughs> indicator and you'll get a dot sight and you can stop, press triangle to go into shadow like mode, basically is what I call it, which is where you, you crouch down even more and hide and you become even harder to detect. And it's, there's just so many options for ghosting stealth, uh, versus in this game, you could be on the ground prone and an enemy could still see you from a thousand yards away. So there's literally no reason to be in any different stance other than being in a certain height of grass. Your stealth is decided by grass. It's decided for you by environmental design. And and everything is open air. Again, just like the fucking Phantom Pain. The difference is you have a lot more non-lethal projectile-based tools to deal with faraway enemies. And you also have various CQC corner grabs and positionary grabs and, and, and options to get an enemy taken down. Meanwhile, if you happen to kill an enemy or they happen to see you, it doesn't matter if you silence them. Instantly, everyone knows where the fuck you are. 
that's a huge that was a huge issue I had because that that was sort of my thing is because the, the the Naughty Dog obviously wants you to play this like a stealth game, like it's very clear because one thing I had a huge issue with and this was a big problem throughout the first two thirds of the campaign for me is that I would be a good little boy and use stealth and get through you know scenarios only using maybe a couple bullets at the end just to knock out the remaining two enemies or so. And I would go into a scavenge section or a home or whatever where you pick up more bullets and stuff, and I would max out my capacity on bullets. And it's not a lot. You only can hold, like, I think double of your clip. So I think you can only hold, like, 15 or 16, like, uh, M15, I think, bullets. Uh, your, your standard semi-automatic pistol. Yeah, your revolver is maxed out at 12 um yeah your your sniper rifles maxed out at six like it's nuts it's it's so and it's so shitty because it's like i'm you're telling me ellie can put a whole gas canister in her backpack but you can't fit one more shotgun shell for me we're just gonna leave this here is that why there's so much bullshit anyways because no one could put 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 the foot the extra fucking shotgun shell in their backpack fucking ridiculous it made me so mad i was like well fuck it i'm just gonna shoot shit now because i'm gonna get my gun bullets back because the game's not gonna be that brutal because it's 2020 and it's a naughty dog triple a game that you know game journalists fucking loved it's not gonna put me in an unwinnable situation you know like dark cloud or something would if you're a fucking idiot well well the thing that i noticed on survivor is that you get less bullets and you get more crafting items but i don't think they actually considered the crafting items they were giving you because I would end up maxed out on explosives, but not all on the time canisters, and so I couldn't <laughs> yeah. make anything because your canisters are are the the problem is that everything is is divided. The two two things almost always share the same formula, or, or or like. But the thing is, so in The Last of Us, you could make a Molotov cocktail, a Molotov cocktail with a rag and alcohol. You could also make a health kit with that. So that is a big choice. Are you a god gamer who's going to sacrifice uh, a potential health kit for uh, an AoE attack? Or are you going to play it safe? You had nail bombs, which are explosives and, and sharp objects. And it's like, okay, well, I could make a shiv out of that with binding. Um, or you could make an, an enhanced melee weapon with binding and with, with nails. Um, oh, I need explosive. I, I forget what sugar also goes into, but sugar also goes into um, your smoke bombs. Um, I think, I, I don't even remember the other crafting item, if anything. I think sugar might stand alone. I don't remember. But the point is, everything is a tactical decision shared with only one other item. In this game, though, every everything is shared with everything else. So it's like, to make a silencer, you need a canister and a rag. To make alcohol or to make a Molotov cocktail, you need a rag and alcohol. To make healing items, you need a rag and alcohol. To make a bomb, you need a canister and explosives. To make uh, a certain ammo, you need uh, a canister and explosives. To make another kind of bomb, you need a canister and explosives. And it's like, eventually, I got to a point where I realized there were all these extra things on the upgrade tree where I could craft bullets. And I was like, the problem is that I'm getting so many mismatched uh, crafting items. That I'm never going to have enough rags because you need a rag for everything. But I have 30 canisters because I can't make a bomb. Uh, because the because I, I used all my fucking rags on other things. Yeah, and I'll let you know, you didn't have 30 canisters. You had three canisters because it, it, it highly limits the shit you can carry. So, like, 
you can only carry three rags at a time. You can only carry three bindings, three, you know, three of the uh, crafting, craftable equipment. So, like, basically what I would do just to, like, min-max shit is I would be like, oh, I, I only took a little bit of health, but I just picked up a rag and I'm maxed out at three. I'm just going to build out, like, a... And like three health packs just so I'm able to pick up everything as it comes along because I'll inevitably use the the health packs and to be quite honest I didn't really find that much use out of the crafting tools I think I used the remote detonate or the 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 trip bomb once there was one section in which I used the trip bomb I I ended up having to use stun bomb once only in the ending uh, because the final stealth section of the game I'm convinced is untested. It is nuts. There's no way. Yeah. There, I, I did it. I was like, there were a couple moments because I knew you were doing full stealth where I was like, there's no way in hell Miles is doing this. There's no way. There's no way. I ended up discovering in that segment, there are no holes in anyone's patrol inside of the actual mansion. And there's no good places to hide. And there's no additional infiltration or exfiltration points. There's no way to climb up the spiral staircase other than up the spiral staircase. I was, th I was thinking about, again, in the Phantom Pain, there would probably be a crack to climb. That would just circumvent everything. And it would reward me for paying some good attention. Or it would reward me for having a high intel level. Um, because that's another aspect of the game. And I could check my map and see, oh, there's a crack here. That's an infiltration point. I'm going to use that instead. Um, there was just all of these moments where I realized, oh my god, there is no holes that I could realistically exploit in any of their patrol routes. And, and there's the clickers, which you can release and then send after the enemies. But the problem is, have you ever seen the movie The Princess and the Frog? Uh, no. So there's a, there's a great scene that I love in that movie where... Uh, an alligator wants to play trumpet and so he hops onto a bayou boat and starts playing trumpet and then he when everyone realizes oh my god that's an alligator he jumps off of it and then everyone there's like 90 guns and they just go <laughs> and just start shooting at the water immediately and so like i had the same thing where i'm like oh i'm such a genius i'm going to unleash these clickers they're going to kill half these enemies for me and i can sneak by and it's like clicker and then 90 enemies with 90 shotguns just come out and wipe them out immediately and i was like great now they're all on alert he didn't kill shit no one killed anything it, it turns out when i thinned their numbers enough then they could kill them but i had to basically kill everyone who i thought might have a gun yeah and there's because the, there's no way because they purposefully give you the submachine the silent submachine gun which is worthless because all the enemies just have helmets now so you can't headshot them so every enemy with the body armor takes eight hits with the shitty submachine gun. It's the worst weapon in the fucking game. I was thinking about that too in the Phantom Pain. Enemies get helmets, which is supposed to encourage you to use other tactics. Keyword being other tactics. Yeah. Keyword being there are things I can do that, that aren't just shoot the guy. You're so, you're, like, that's sort of the thing. I truly believe, like, what makes a great stealth game is great options. Last of Us 2 is a shit out stealth game because it ain't got no options. It has no options. There's nothing you can do. Because here's the thing. If you wanted to go full, if you wanted to stay stealthy, you better hope, you better fucking hope that you got a crossbow or the, or the bow. You got the bow of some kind, which you don't always have. Uh, they give it to you pretty late in both campaigns. Yeah. Um, you have a, uh, so you have enough equipment to make a silenced pistol, which is only three bullets, so make it fucking count. 
Make your shot fucking count. Oh, on, uh, on Survivor, it's only two. Yikes. So you got two shots. Oh, and also on Survivor, all of the all of the melee weapons have uh have a reduction in durability. That's brutal too. That's brutal too. Every uh, survive survivor mode uh, survive I cannot imagine a world where survivor mode was fully tested. I cannot. There's no way. There's no way. Because they know And there is so much RNG in this fucking game. And that's sort of my thing. Another thing that bothered me, really m- m- fucking pissed me off, was the inconsistency and in how many melee hits does it take to take down a fucking enemy? Sometimes it's just one. Sometimes it's two. Sometimes it's four and my weapon broke and I was going to upgrade that shit. But I wanted to get the most out of it because I don't got that much tools because they arbitrarily lock me out of grabbing more bullets despite the fact that I was playing like a good little boy and doing the fucking stealth. And it made me so mad. The game as a fucking video game is so fucking heinous. And I can't believe anyone is saying that this is remotely good or acceptable. I can't believe it. The the problem I also had, again, is there's so much RNG in everything. And I think back to Metal Gear Solid 3. Again! Or or something like Thief. Thief is an immersive sim. You have a you have nothing but options but let's say we have something like mgs3 which is consistent very consistent fucking lockstep consistent you can develop a strategy do it the same way every fucking time and it will almost always work i i have been able to clear certain screens of that game identically because the game is lock step consistent and it's great because what ends up happening is that I blitz through it with skill and with knowledge. With knowledge! Because, because the game is good. It, it, it rewards me for being good at it in turn. And instead, The Last of Us 2 wants to create artificial difficulty by having so much RNG where you cannot rely on anything going right the same way twice. Uh, if you restart a section, you'd better be prepared for an enemy to have a completely different reaction to completely different to the same stimuli. And on that point of restarting interactions, this is sort of the the thing that kind of made me the most upset that I felt the need to do this. So because you're so limited in the amount of ammo and tools you have available to you, which is always dwindling, by the way, and that's the per- point, like the point is they want to make you feel like you're barely just scraping by, even if it's even if they artificially limit the amount of fucking bullets you can carry. They do that anytime I fuck up a combat encounter. If I fuck up too early, I just I'm like, fuck it. I'm dying. I'm dying. We're restarting. There's no because the, it's going to cost so much shit. To get out of the situation I put myself in, that dying is a better alternative. And that sucks because the gameplay does peak when you really feel like shit. Like, I'm going to be in a... I can't die. Like, I'm going to have to, like... I'm, I'm like, 75% of the way through the encounter. I'm almost done. I see the fucking light at the end of the tunnel. I need to get out of this. And the game peaks when you feel like you're actually engaged. However, I never, rarely, if ever, got that because... Anytime I would walk into a combat section and get spotted right away, I'm like, okay, I'm dying because I'm not going to blow half my ammo 
on an encounter that I can just restart and do much better now. Yeah. So a lot of my time was just wasted by being like, all right, I'm dead. Just fucking kill me. Just end me. And it was sucked. It's shitty. Did, did you not use the restart checkpoint option? I was too nervous because there was restart checkpoint and restart encounter. And they thankfully have like time markers next to it. But I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to fuck with it. I, I literally last thing I want to do is replay anything in this fucking game. Uh, because it's like Naughty Dog, Naughty Dog specialty is making things that are okay to go through once. Yeah. But never again. It with like very like little exception. And this game was no exception to that rule. And I was like, no, I do not want to do if I have to replay 10 minutes of this. I don't know if I'm going to finish this fucking game. Like, meanwhile, <laughs> I replayed the game minute by minute constantly. Because what I ended up discovering is that to get successfully from one side of the screen to the next, it might take only two minutes. The problem is those two minutes had better be fucking perfect. Because if yeah. not, I was I was very merciful at, at times. Oh, you know what? The other thing that always annoys me is I, whenever you see the exit to a stealth section and you perfect stealth it, you go right up to it. And of course, something is jamming the fucking door. Which alerts every enemy, so you're gonna get into a shootout anyway. It doesn't matter. Like, there, there is only a handful of times in which I was able to cleanly get away from something. Otherwise, it might alert the enemy and then give the illusion of getting into a shootout. I, I was playing as Abby in the segment where you're trying to get Lev out of the island. Yes. And, uh, and you're going through that brewery. I, this fucking brewery with all the water in it. Like, the, the 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 knee-length water that you skim the bottom of. Oh, yeah, and yeah. if you prone, you swim. Yeah, yeah, okay. Which I liked the idea of until I didn't, because I realized that listen mode is inadequ is just an inadequate way of, of telling where enemies are. You'll swim right up to an enemy's friggin' feet, and, and you won't even see it coming, because everything is tainted green. The entire screen is just bathed in green murk. Anyway, so when I finally got to the door... I I started opening it and they went it's Abby and and the scar get her and and the thing is I was partway through the animation of opening the door and they just didn't shoot at me they didn't shoot at me because because uh, the win state was literally get to the door and hold triangle for the cutscene to begin once that cutscene began I was safe and 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 in that moment the game was so nakedly scripted to me I, I really did not feel engaged at all. Like, very rarely did I ever feel engaged in sort of the, the active combat or the stealth of Last of Us. And another issue you brought up is that in that section, it was too fucking hard to see anything. The whole game is too hard to fucking see. I, I There were so many times where I'd be, it'd be like, I'd just be like, okay, where the fuck do I go? I'm in this room. I know this is where I'm supposed to be. Where's the door or where's the, the opening to the next section? And it's never like clear. People gave like Tomb Raider 2013 a lot of shit for the white, the white paint, spray paint on boards and shit where you can climb up basically to show a climbable object. It's like lame and I get it, but I'd rather take that over not knowing where the fuck to go. So most because I would say I could cut down easy. Easily, I could cut down three to four, like three, at least three hours if I just knew where to go. If it was just more clear on where the fuck everything was instead of me walking around like an idiot and going through the same rooms four times trying to find the stupid key to open the safe 
like trying to find the stupid code and oh god also another problem that made me pissed off with the safes is that it's never clear when you're gonna enter a room and you're just not gonna be able to go back because I missed a couple safes and you don't want to miss the safes. They got good shit. They got opioids. They got, um, you know, usually like quite a bit of ammo. They have training manuals. You need to open them. So I'd get super pissed off when I was like, fuck, like I missed that safe. I thought if I went in here, it might have the code. But no, a cutscene just played and the door collapsed behind me. The worst part, too, is that I ended up discovering all the training manuals. You just get them anyway at some point in the game. Uh, they just put you them do? later, uh, like they would with a gun that you miss, because there there is the hunting pistol, which you can get early, and then not use at all, because... And, yeah, and then the <laughs> shotgun. The shotgun was it for me. I, I, I did this whole fucking Bankai side quest to get the shotgun with, like, a bullet, like, a shell, one shell, and it's like, this is lame. This sucks. It's not useful. Uh, that, that, well, just, just to be clear, so there's two things I want to talk about on that. The, the problem is, this game is an interlocking web of bad. Everything makes everything slightly worse. Um, because you realize when mixed, when, when all these elements mix together, they are counterintuitive. And it does remind me of the one negative to the Phantom Pain, which is that mechanically the gameplay is great, but not everything links up as well as it could or should, which makes a lot of people feel like it's poorly designed. It's not, it's just there are certain elements that, that are more measured than others. Uh, I was thinking about the fact that this game is not remotely measured because everything connects to each other barely, if not at all. Um, so, for example, you have the steroids, and the steroids uh, are are able to upgrade your character. The problem is the upgrade branches they offer you are linear. So, if you want a good upgrade, you have to get a shitty upgrade to get to the good upgrade, um, that you really want. And so you end up having, and, and there is one upgrade that is literally essential, but it's on a tree that is mostly non-essential, which is the stealth upgrades. And you get shit like faster prone movement and 100% increase in stealth kill speed. That is an essential upgrade. And it's right next to like listen mode clarity. Yeah. And like, by the way, it doesn't do shit. By the way, listen mode's garbage. Listen mode clarity barely does shit. It's yeah, it's a horrible fucking mechanic. It's basically like, hey, how do we do Batman detective mode, but like make it kind of fit, even though it doesn't at all, because there's no reason why fucking Ellie and Abby should have a fucking superhuman detective mode hearing, in which they can sense the way an enemy is walking in their exact direction they're facing by just listening to them. It's dumb. It's don't stupid. you also love how listen mode takes up an entire button? That button could be used for so much, and it's, yep. it's just not And there. also, don't you love how you have to put in, like, 40 steroids into, like, getting you to move at normal speed? Yeah, it's really friggin', it's really great, and it, and then it doesn't help anyways, because the, the stealth kill is still too long, uh, and you still Oh my god, and the stealth kill's too long, even with the upgrade, by the way. Exactly. Because th there were so many moments where I'm stealthing, most of my stealth ended into a like ended for a combat section because I stealth killed a guy and I was out of cover for like two seconds too long killing him where it's like you got Jan or whatever and it's like ah oh, shit and now everyone's on me and I gotta go I gotta go fucking run the other way and maybe I can initiate stealth again but why would I want to do that because they're gonna give me bullets anyways and I don't care anymore that that's the problem is is the game is artificially designed to get you caught 
because the game is fun when you're sneaking and then shooting, but not when you're doing both of those activities separately. It is literally, the game is is trying its goddamn hardest to make the stealth and shoot combo work. And it worked just fine in the first game where you could reliably pick enemies off and then afterwards shoot the rest of them down. In this one, though, you can't reliably kill enemies because any t- because Abby or uh, Ellie, whenever she... And, and this is just a bad, like, screenwriting thing. You don't, you don't have too many characters whose names end in the exact same vowel. You just don't do it. Yeah. Because it, it makes it... Synapsis-wise, it's hard to remember who is who at certain points. Um, mm-hmm. And also on the script, it can be hard to read. Uh, but um, but uh, Ellie would just get out of cover, and for whatever reason, she would fucking stand up to slit someone's throat. She would stand up. Oh, it made me so mad. You're prone. You're crouching prone. And go up. Yeah, get right out of cover when yeah. it's unnecessary to do so. And you have to, and also there's no moving bodies. You can move bodies when you grab them, but you can only do so much. So maybe John or whoever you fucking killed, um, you didn't bring him into the grass all the way. So now the dog is going to go sniff out John, which brings us to the next thing. The new enemy types are all hysterically bad. They're some of them. And they make no sense. they're, They're bad in two very different ways. So, I well, you had a very different experience with the Shamblers than I did. The new zombie is called the Shamblers, and it's the stupidest fucking enemy I've ever seen in my fucking life. I, just, it I don't so get dumb. it. I don't understand exactly what what's the point of the Shambler. In, in Last of Us 1, I totally forgot about the Stalkers. I think the Stalkers were so forgettable. They're, they're only used twice. It's whatever. They're used, I feel like, a lot more in this game. And I also, I don't know what the fuck, I don't know what the fuck's going on with them. Sometimes they run away, sometimes they run at me, sometimes I can stealth them, sometimes I just am like, fuck it, it's shotgun time, baby! Boom, boom! I, well, I realized, I was like, why did those enemies only get used twice? And then I realized. Because they're bad. It's because they're just badly designed enemies. They suck. And they're fun during, like, combat sections, because both times that you fight stalkers are head-on. Um, and, and, and of course they, they rush you and ambush you and it's supposed to make fights chaotic and those fights are terrible with their inclusion. But again, they're only shown twice, maybe even once. I honestly can only name one time that you fight stalkers, but I think there's like five or six times you fight stalkers and every single time they're awful. They're just dumb. I just don't, I just don't understand like how they work. (laughs) Well, well, first of all, like I was thinking about the hotel with Abby where it's just, they're a jump scare. Literally like, yep. Yeah. They they are a- they're in the wall and they'll f- they're gonna fuck you up because clickers which by the way if they grab you if you haven't played last was one the clicker grabs you you're done it's over you lost unless you have a shiv as as uh Abby which for a sec I cannot believe I walked up to an enemy of like a clicker with Abby and I was like you need a shiv I'm like we're we're not doing this right I thought <laughs> we were past this I well I was I was thinking about the fact that like. Stalkers come out of the wall. There's no choice but to pull out a gun at that point because you can't preempt them with a silenced gun. A good game would be like, oh, I had the the smart ability to be able to spot the stalker, shoot them dead before they did anything, and then continue on my merry way. No, stalkers only get a hitbox once they're out of the wall. It's ever everything in this game is so counterintuitive 
to 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 just to just being a skill based good stealth game, and it's not a very engaging shooter either because it's open air. Uh, and unlike Resident Evil Four, where this is why Resident Evil Four works, people don't think about this really. But Resident Evil 4 works because everything is a melee weapon. The projectile weapons are just that projectile weapons. They can be dodged. You can move forward and dodge the crossbow. You can fire the sickle out of the air after it's thrown at you. Because that is fair. The problem, and, and, and it's unrealistic, but, but no. Realism in games, it turns out, sucks. It turns out it's the worst thing ever. That shit makes me so mad is I feel like there were so many situations in The Last of Us 2 where it's like, well, I'm just fucked. Like, I am just fucked here and there's nothing I can do. There were so many times I would get caught, like, just stuck on fucking runners as a clicker's coming towards me. And it's like, well, oh, fuck. Do you know my favorite one? Do you know my favorite decision they made? Uh, I can think of 15. <laughs> well, when an enemy dies, their hitbox becomes solid. So you can get caught on the geometry of a dead enemy while trying Beauty to Beauty of realism, guys. This is why I hate... This is why, like, the quest for realism is so bad. The problem is that the realism <laughs> exists at, at, the, the, at, at this really artificial and very arbitrary point, but not in, in the game logic. Uh, I spoke to you about this. Do you know what the law of common sense is? Uh, yeah, we, yeah, we talked about this. Yeah, so the law of common sense is used in immersive sims, uh, to determine if something should be an interaction, which is if the human mind is able to conceive it based on the limits that a game presents, the player should be able to do it and the game should be able to react to it accurately. Uh, the example that I used is in Breath of the Wild, if you set fire to a couple things, you get an updraft. Uh, so, yeah. when uh, an enemy burns grass, you get an updraft. Mean so, if you want to climb up something really quickly, you can set down a bunch of wood, set it all on fire, and get the updraft, right? It shouldn't only be, be because of the grass. It should be all closely linked together fire. Enough fire. Enough fire will get you the updraft. So, needless to say, it works. Um, you know, versus, uh, versus something, you know, I, the other example I used was Hitman or the Phantom Pain. Both of those games are systems driven, but there are certain interactions that just don't work or don't exist. Uh, uh the example a friend of mine gave me, uh, Jared, uh, Plainfield, shouts out. He doesn't listen to these, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, is that, uh, uh, he, there was a game he was playing. I think it was the Dark Project or the Dark Mod, whichever that game is. Um, and, uh, there's a phone grenade. the Dark Project is, yeah. is, the Dark Project is Thief. Okay, yeah. Um, the, I, the Dark Mod is, I think, the Thief modding pack. Um. Okay. Yeah. So, I, because he makes levels in that, in that, uh, mod pack. Um, I wasn't, I didn't realize they were connected, come to think of it, because I'm dumb. But, um, there's a game he was playing with a foam grenade. Um, and if you throw it, foam goes everywhere. And he was saying, okay, there's a security camera, uh, or a, a laser grid. If I throw the foam grenade and the foam blocks the laser grid, it should work. He threw it. It did. Law of common sense. Uh, he compared it to alien isolation, where if uh, the alien is supposed to be afraid of fire, if you set a robot on fire, the alien should react to the flaming robot. It doesn't. It only reacts to the fire-based weapon. Um, mm -hmm. So it's systems-driven as opposed to an immersive sim. So the law of common sense states anything that a player should be able to conceive should be a strategy. 
basically. And this can apply to non-systems-driven games. If, if for example, an enemy thinks, or a player thinks, okay, that sickle is a projectile, I should be able to shoot it out of the air, they can. So, stalker is in the wall. I should be able to kill the stalker before it leaves the wall, because it's not actually armored that well. I should be able to penetrate it with my bullet that penetrates bone and sinew very well. That's why it's called a bullet. Uh, and, 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 and there are just so many segments in this game that are awful. There's some great stealth segments. I freaking love the mall, the flooded mall. That part's great. But there are just like the, the, st- the worst one is the sniper section with Tommy. Oh my God. <laughs> the sniper section pissed me off so fucking much. There's not so enough cover and he can stun lock you. First of all, let me say this. Let me say this. This moment. The sniper section last us part two has officially topped Batman Arkham Origins return to the fucking sewer for me. So let me give you a little context. So Miles, in Arkham City, after you beat Mr. Freeze towards the end of the game, he gives you the freeze grenade and you go to a section in which you throw the freeze grenade in the sewer water. It creates a platform for Batman to stand on and you go through the fucking sewer to go get to Joker or whatever. You mean Origins? No, this happened in City and that's why it's important. We, you, that whole thing, you get the freeze grenade, you throw it in the ground, you get on the pool, you create ice platforms for Batman, you go in the sewer, you do a sewer section. In Batman Arkham Origins, same percentage of the way through the game, you get the glue grenade, because it takes place in the past. You get the glue grenade, which is the same fucking item, and you do the same sewer. And when I mean the same sewer, Miles, I mean this is still fucking Gotham City, the Gotham <laughs> City sewer section. We do the same sewer, and this is that. There was a moment. There was a fucking moment in the, for, from the fucking sniper section with Tommy, because you don't know it's him at first, because you chase him. You're with Manny who's some dumb fuck, and you chase him. M- Manny is Elvis from God Hand, except we're supposed to think he's a realistic depiction of a Mexican. Elvis Elvis from God Hand is a cartoon, and Manny from The Last of Us Part Two is also a cartoon in that they both curse in Spanish every line. <laughs> I, I, so I honestly think Elvis says cabron, pendejo, and puta less than Manny. It... <laughs> So and that and, dumb, and, and again, Elvis is a racial stereotype. And and I want to say and I want to say say this because we'll get to the characters in yeah, an hour. All right, uh, uh, hold on. Uh, yeah. Well, do, well, do you want to call it or do you want to keep going? No, I, I have more to say. Okay, I have okay, more we'll to say about we'll the game. Going. So this sniper fight with Tommy, you don't know it's him initially, but it's the same sniper section from the first game. To the point where it's a fucking scripted bullshit, and you can't just take out the sniper early. So here's what happened. Once you once the sniper is on the run, I'm like, fuck, we get this big room. Are we going to have a real fight with the sniper? And we got to do something where we got to get like like him shooting at Manny and oh, I can pop up and shoot him. I had the four times scope on my magna on my hunting pistol. Yeah. I zoomed in and I saw it was Tommy and I said, motherfucker, <laughs> this was a, a this was a scripted sequence the whole time and I just blew a third of my ammo. The the thing is, I knew it was Tommy because Jesse says earlier, or Jesse is like, oh, there's a sniper in the area. That's got to be Tommy. And I was like, that was the only time I totally about forgot sniper. about that bit. <laughs> totally, you're well, right. Yeah, of course, you because are right. Nine totally thousand other things happen to a bunch of characters I hate. Um, but 
That that segment on on Survivor is the worst thing ever because you can actually be stun locked to death because it only takes two shots to die. And so if he happens to shoot you, you can get stun locked by him the moment you stand up. It's it's so it's so stupid. It's such a bad section. Uh, the the worst part is too. And this is another. So so one of the two one of the tips. So when you die in the last us because we have to unfortunately play on the fucking ps4 with like 20 second load like 10 15 20 second load screens like you, you'll get tips or whatever and to, and to give the game a little bit of credit the tips are always relevant to the section you're in so if you die in the sniper fight it's tips about the sniper section i, I for only the most part. i actually noticed it only gave me hints like after a couple of different deaths that might be a survival thing That's they possible. gave it to me right away more or less. They gave the, they gave them to me more more or less right away. And it's always obvious shit. It's always fucking obvious shit that I knew. Um but but they do it. And one of the, and this brings it back to kind of the cuz I think if it, if we could boil it down to one issue with the gameplay. It's just inconsistency all around. I think if we boil it down to one word, inconsistency is that word. And th- this is another issue where where one of the tool tools tooltips or one of the uh the hints is, is sometimes running away is your only option. Sometimes running is not clear that it is ever an option, except in very specific chase scenes where they tell you to run. And and they and they let you know you can run because they cap your speed at various points. Oh, this this is something that pissed me off so much too. Sometimes you hold L1 and it does nothing. Sometimes you do L1 and, and they'll do a light jog. And sometimes you'll press L1 and they'll take off at Mach 2. And it's awesome. Uh, I love when you get to fully sprint, it does feel like you are running fast, which I, I like. The, the game is scripted to tell you when you could do it. So I knew if, a, if an encounter was still going on by just lightly tapping L1 and seeing how fast I moved. And when I, I sprinted, I was like, oh, there's still enemies alive. Good to know. All the tension gone because of this stupid interfacing. That that pissed me off as well. Uh, do you remember the beginning of the game? Because so much happens. Do you remember at the beginning of the game when it's a sandbox and it's miserable? Oh, okay. So I want to talk about... Th- this is a big big thing I really wanted to talk about. So, so if, if for a little bit of Naughty Dog context, because it's important for this scene... Uncharted 4 got a, a piece of standalone DLC called Uncharted The Lost Legacy. In I which think it was like is, $20. It was basically... It's four, a, it was 40 Okay. It was 40 Jesus fucking... I hate this fucking company. It was a $40 standalone DLC, basically B-team shit, and they basically made, the, made this game more or less to test out doing the Naughty Dog level design using an open world to, I don't know, sell more copies, I guess. So the game is slightly open world. The problem is, is that open world Naughty Dog is one of the worst ideas ever fucking conceived since like Eve ate the fucking apple. (laughs) Just an overall bad idea. It's just such a horrible idea because here's the deal. Naughty Dog leveled it like it really just shows all the chinks, the many, many chinks in the armor uh, that is Naughty Dog level design because Naughty Dog really only works when everything works perfectly and it's a game and nothing will ever work perfectly because you have player controlled elements. Therefore, you can't like you you can't fully script something with with a human and expect it to just work perfectly every time. Which is why, like, there are so many uh, so unceremonious deaths in Uncharted because you jumped off to a wall that you thought you could grab onto, but you couldn't. And Last of Us 2 Part 2 is filled with these moments. And it really fucking makes me so mad because I just never know. I I just... 
like you have this open world section right where you're able to walk around except the mechanics and combat in last of us 2 as we've talked about for the last hour is not engaging in the slightest and open worlds really open world sandboxes only work when the mechanics are good so you take you have no good set pieces because one thing Naughty Dog does well is scenario and set piece. There are no scenarios and set pieces in this fucking sandbox because you're supposed to explore it kind of at your own pace and sort of your own way. And you have shitty combat and shitty mechanics, so it's not even fun to go through it. It's like the worst of both worlds. I think I think the part that also really pissed me off too is that that point in the game is is your chance to bulk up before the game becomes extremely linear and combat slash stealth focused. Uh, but it doesn't matter because, uh, at the 15 hour mark, you switch characters, everything is reset, nothing you did matters. How, how, Miles, I want to ask you something. So how did you feel when you got Abby and like, you had to basically get all of the upgrades again? I, I felt, I, I genuinely, when I got Abby, if we weren't doing this podcast, I would have stopped playing. Uh, and, and I will say that's generous of you. I would have stopped around Hillcrest is when I would have probably stopped. I, I, well, yeah, that's true. The, the thing for me though, I don't know where I would have stopped. <laughs> I, it's hard. Cause I knew I was only going forward for this show. If I were being honest, if we weren't doing this podcast, I would have never played this game. No. Yeah. Same here. And I, I honestly wish I didn't fucking blow $60 on it. When, when I started playing as Abby, I will say this. I actually think between Ellie and Abby, I liked playing as Abby more because Abby has the strength of 10 gorillas. Yeah, like fucking Miss Beefy McBeefcakes over here, benching 180 at like 14. I realized immediately, I realized this instantly, because I was like, why is Abby such a fucking Hulk? And then I was like, oh, it's because she is supposed to be Joel's mechanical counterpart. The problem is Joel is a 50-year-old man. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like... It's so dumb. It, it's, uh, she, I, I, it's I never. I, I actually laughed. I laughed a handful of times at the the damage Abby could inflict because it's not like it's actually more brutal than what Joel could do. Like she she like was able to like straight up crush people's heads at certain points. Yeah, like yeah, like and there's a couple times like she'll take an infected, throw it on the ground, and fucking stop it. And this head will just fucking implode. It's it, which just, which in the original Last of Us, when you stomped on the head, it wouldn't explode; it would cave in. Um, for and not on humans, of course. Um, and and she snaps necks. That's the other thing is like she snaps everyone's necks, but but she does it from a position I don't actually think you can snap a neck from, which is she has them in a chokehold, and then cricks their neck and it kills them. I don't I don't know if you can do that. If you can, I don't know. But either way, it's not an advantageous neck-snapping position. The point is that since they're slack, I think that they actually have a better chance of, of, of not having their spine break, basically. Well, maybe maybe Abby didn't kill 200 people on this journey. Yeah, maybe maybe After she... After all. Maybe, maybe, maybe they were just unconscious. Maybe she pulled a Batman and they were all unconscious the entire time. But the, the one more thing I wanted to ask you about is how do you feel about the Birkin boss battle? That the name of the big fucking guy? That I just could name the guy from Resident Evil 2 because that's what it reminded me of. Uh, it reminded me of the amalgam from The Evil Within. And and this is this is the moment where I realized that The Evil Within is actually a better game than The Last of Us Part 2, which is an insane... I'm not surprised. Yeah, which is an insane thing to say. Because the great part about... So so I, I actually think that The Last of Us 2 made me appreciate The Evil Within so much more, even though The Evil Within 
is basically just as sloppy and inconsistent. Um, but one thing I, I did not realize is how many options the Evil Within gives you that are really friggin' viable and actually make things really trivial. Because in the Evil Within, there's a boss called the Amalgam, and it has a bunch of different heads, just like Birkin. Um, and, uh, and what you can do is throw a freeze grenade at the guy, use your sniper rifle, blow off all of the heads, and do extreme damage. Otherwise, you can just attack the body for normal damage. Um, and I'm like, this is a sick idea. So when I saw all those heads, I was like, oh, this is a clever boss fight. You gotta shoot off all the heads. No! No! You just damage it! What do you- so I need to know, because you're playing, again, on survival, the hardest difficulty, in which they give you no equipment. How the fuck did you do this boss battle? I just had a- t so- so- since I was playing so stealthy, I just had a ton- I'm- Jesus fucking Christ, I just had a ton of fucking ammo at the time. I used it all! And, and the thing is, I was trying to play smart. I was like, get those headshots. Shoot all those heads. So I shot the first one. Head exploded. And I was like, yes, this is the strategy. I'm, I'm a genius. And then I shot the second one, and I said, oh no. Because the second one did not explode. It did, it just, it didn't explode. It didn't have the same reaction. And I was like, so what was the deal with the first one? It reminded me of a moment in The Evil Within 2, which I thought was really clever. Um, and then it turns out the solution was shoot the guy. Uh, but, um... So, so I, I literally, I just had all this ammo. I had all this hunting pistol ammo. I had all this fucking sniper ammo. I had, I had incendiary shells, and it wasn't enough because I'm pretty sure his health pool was inflated. So I ended up discovering that if you use the flamethrower on him, he just, he, he just dies super fast. I didn't. I, I, here's the deal. I blew all my flamethrower ammo on him, and he was still alive. And I used all my ammo, like all my shotguns, all my incendiary shells, every piece of shit I had. Oh, I did the exact same thing and then ran around for more ammo like a chicken with his head cut off. Which, you, by the way, you do look like a chicken with your head cut off because you can't see where you're going. It's the, I, I've never seen something more dark. The only way to pick up an item is to be looking directly at it. it it's not like it's not like other games where, where as long as you're in its proximity, you can pick it up. You actually have to yeah. be looking at an object. And, and that includes opening doors. And that includes yeah. picking up bricks. Oh, here's the other thing. I, did you notice there were, like, no bricks or bottles anywhere? Or is that just a survivor thing as well? Oh, uh, that was probably just a survivor thing. Because th there are bricks and bottles. It just, like... It was always a shitty situation because whenever I would throw one I would, and I would be like, damn, whenever I needed a brick or bottle, there were never any nearby. And when I already had one, there were like 7,000. The, like, the okay, other thing, apples. and this is the nuttiest fucking thing in the world. You cannot swap between bottle or brick. This is a thing they removed from the first game where you could. So, yeah, I... Yeah, so there is there a difference between bottle and brick, or are they just aesthetically this like different, but they're the same? So glass shatters louder than brick, but brick you can use as a physical object multiple times to deal more damage. And I guess they just decided to remove that feature. The other problem I had is Ellie has a knife. So when I had a bottle equipped, and I had a bottle equipped for a reason, which was, or a brick, which was to use it as a physical weapon for a strike... She would just default to using the knife. It's it's a uh, yeah. It's it's just so uh, Miles's face palming. By the way, uh, it's so shitty. It's just so I fucking just, stupid. Uh, and another thing, and, that, well, and also too, 
Another thing I got to comment on, speaking of boss battles, so basically with Abby, you have two major boss battles. You have the, a fight against an actual, like, Basically, it, it, it looks like fucking Birkin from Resident Evil 2. Uh, it's just an amalgam of infected, like, clicker and infected. Yeah. Like, matched with, like, a bloater. It's just oh, a by, big by the boy. way, the super-powered clicker, or the super-powered stalker, is maybe one of the worst things I've ever fought in my life. Uh, oh, oh, the one, oh, you mean the fucker that br runs out? That you have to get in a yeah. fucking... You get in a, a th th three minute brawl with him. I, just I punch shot him, him and he four, won't die. Here's the thing. I shot him four times in the head with sniper rifles, and he didn't die. Same, I must have shot seven shotgun cells. I think I used all my shotgun bullets on him, and he doesn't die. He won't bother you, I don't think, during the actual fight. No, he does. Or at least he... Oh, I I, I just I just was good at running away from him. Yeah, he bothered but, me all the fucking time. Yeah, because I was like, oh, I'm going to kill him first. And I blew all my shotgun shells, and I don't think he's beatable until after the fight's over. Um, Should we talk about the dodge, by the way? The dodge is horrible. Oh my god, the dodge, the dodge, is, dodge is super inconsistent. I don't know if you noticed this, but there there are two times in which you fight giant ass people. Superhumans. Superhumans. Who basically. can take a bullet to the head, by the way. By the way, I confirmed it. I got a headshot on one of the superhumans and they didn't die. Yeah, you can kill them at point blank with a, with a sniper rifle, very specifically, and that's it. Um, but, no, there are three fights with superhumans, and I don't know if you noticed this. The mechanics for that fight are taken directly from the Order 1886. <sighs> You're really bringing me back to some bad shit. The huh? fight with the werewolves. The, oh. the they stole directly lifted at the very least those mechanics, which really just seems like like it, it it's like picking an apple off the ground and trying to sell it at full price. Because you're naughty dog. You're picking up this mechanic from this forgotten game that no one liked by a studio that I'm sure is closed down by now. Yeah, literally the game they made afterwards was like some weird party indie game. So they're 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 doing different shit now. Yeah, and it's like like it's what God damn it! I want to fucking see if that if that's true. I remember I remember the Order eighteen eighty six having a like some choice like some element of choice in the in the lichen combat and the two the battles you do with the big wolves. Um, but I, I, I fuck. The the big boy melee battles are so lame because here's a problem. So in fighting games, Miles, the way it works is the way a combo works in a fighting game is that your move, move number one, hits the opponent. And before they're able to interact, you get a combo if you do another move that hits the opponent before they're able to come out of hit stun. Right. The enemies have no hit stun. So basically what happens is you'll do a hit on an enemy and you'll go for another knife swing. That's the same with Ellie. You'll do a hit. You'll do another hit. Apparently, the enemy's just out of hit stun and they'll hit you, but you couldn't react. You can't block and react to it because you're already in your third hit because you think you can hit him again. It's never clear on when you need to dodge. You could cancel out of dodges in my experience. Okay. Because it was never, to, to me, if it was, then the, the the time to actually, like, react to what they're doing is, like, because my, my hand's swinging. I'm thinking I'm going to get a third hit. I'm not ready to fucking dodge because I, I, I see them fucking reeling from getting a knife on their, getting a knife cut in their fucking arm. The, so the thing I noticed is you cannot interrupt the enemy, as mentioned. So what I just did was I just... 
I, I can't imagine people beating this game by learning. I just, I, I imagine people brute forcing it because I actually found myself learning a lot in this game. And I remember not feeling rewarded at all because I was only learning out of confusion. I was like, okay, clearly I'm doing something wrong. So I'm just going to watch these enemies and see what they do. And again, I was thinking back to Death Stranding. I was thinking back to Death Stranding where Hideo Kojima, God bless him, created an entire fighting game's worth mechanic. Like, basically, super punch out for one boss fight. Just one moment. And and he made it he made it fun and consistent and and interesting uh, and... And it's super hype. And I was just thinking about the fact that, that meanwhile, this game stole from the Order 1886. While you're thinking of that, there is one more, there's one more boss I need to talk about. And it's the fight, and it's the boss battle against Ellie. Oh, yeah, that. Which is one of the most disappointing non-fights I've ever seen in a fucking video game. Which, by the way, is, is also stolen from Shadow of Mordor. The way the Ellie fight works is that she starts off with the shotgun, and if you go up and hit her, you'll do one punch, she'll come off, back off, and then she'll shotgun Abby in the face, which is awesome to see, and I really appreciate it every time I died in that fight. However, you can circumvent any form of stealth. So remember in the first Last of Us, where you had that really cool stealth battle against the cannibal as Ellie? And you had to get behind him and avoid plates and shit on the ground yeah. from, to alerting him to your location. Yeah, cool. A, a cool fight. This it tries to do the same thing, except you can circumvent all of it by picking up a brick or a bottle, getting close enough to Ellie, quick throwing it at her so she's stunned, charge up, beat the shit out of her, and you do it one more time and it's done. I will, I will also say, I noticed that this game has... This moment is when I realized Naughty Dog doesn't have ideas because all the set pieces and all the fights in this game are the same as moments in the first game. There is the fight with Ellie, which is the fight with David. There's the sniper section, which is the exact same thing. And it's a cute role reversal because you've been using clickers and, and runners uh, against your opponents. And now it's happening to you. It's it's a cute role reversal, even though it's stupid. Um I'm trying to remember, because there was a lot of set pieces that were identical. You go through a uh, hotel, collapsing hotel, um, again, twice, in fact. Um, you go through a subway that's just bathed in red, but this time it's more red. Even yep. more red than the last time you did it. You go through a, a flooded basement, and an enemy is alerted to your presence by having to activate a generator. Um, there is the uh, There is a fight with a bloater... Uh, a, uh, a lone bloater um, in, in, a, in, a, in a crowded area uh, twice. You fight a bloater twice. But the thing is that there are mild variations to it. And if an enemy and if a boss fight isn't interesting enough, they just throw enemies at you in the meantime. They'll just throw flunkies at you. It's just so lame. It's just such a lame, lame, lame game as like a actual video game experience. And you know what sucks? The story ain't even good. The story, I would actually, I would honestly say there were moments of the story I, uh, uh, how do I word this? There were moments of the story where I was swept up in the impressiveness of the spectacle and the music. And, and, and that, that is, I wouldn't call that engagement. I would call that being emotionally manipulated by stimuli. Yeah, I'll say, I, I do want to say this. One thing I forgot to mention in the section we did at the beginning about things we, we we liked about the game. I will say this. Like Sonic Team, the only thing Naughty Dog can do right now is sound. 
Um, yeah. I really, ex I do think this everything to do with audio in Last of Us Two is actually spectacular. Oh, for sure. I think like I genuinely think like the gunshots sound incredible. I think I still stand by the clicker is one of the most like horrifying, unique, iconic sounds ever. Um, that I I don't even know how they make. It's just such a nasty like. Nasty but addicting to hear sound, and it's like horrifying and great fucking sound. Um, just again, everything to it, like, uh, and of course, like the the acoustic music and stuff is always great. Just a good time, just a good time, sound wise. Just wish that team was as competent as the rest of Naughty Dog. And it's so sad that all of their people left because they had to tell a dumbass story. So. I, I was I'm with you, Miles. There are definitely sections of of like there are definitely sections of the game where I was like, yeah, this is actually pretty good. Well, yeah, I I, I think the no the most notable one is is all of the climactic parts of the game. And like anytime you're on a shore or the or waterfront and it's night and there's a storm or mist, I was like, this this is good because that's my aesthetic. I I adore stormy seas as as an aesthetic i think they're fantastic the best stormy sea of all time joe versus the volcano uh i mean bloodborne of course uh it can't be beat but um uh this one this one was really friggin good great storm <laughs> and it's like what a compliment to give this game i rate last of us part two storm out of ten i i so let's let's go over let's go over the story do you want to do this linearly uh, yes, I think it would be good to do it linearly because I want to gauge Unlike your thoughts. Unlike the game, so let me just say this: that there, if there's one, so if there's one word to describe the gameplay of The Last of Us Two, it's inconsistency. Yeah, there's one word to describe the story of The Last of Us Two, it's bloated. I I would I would actually use the word meandering. That works too. I, I would say meandering, and there's not a good word for this. Maybe disjointed, but nothing converges. Nothing that happens. Yeah, nothing that happens. Tangential is a great term because nothing that happens actually really links up with things. And that's sort of my thing. Is like I just gen I genuinely believe you can cut out eight hours of this plot. It's just such a boring slog. That's the offensive part is like, I don't get offended at a lot of shit. One thing I do get offended at is when shit wastes my fucking time. And this is a game in which a lot of my time was fucking wasted. Just doing bullshit I didn't care about. With characters I didn't give a fuck about. Well, the, the other thing is, I, I just as people are going to say, oh, it's realistic about the gameplay. It's realistic. You just don't like it because it's realistic. No, I don't like it because it's inconsistent. People are going to say, you don't like the story because you don't get it. No, I'm and I'm I'm gonna extensively break down the 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 things that the story does that I'm not gonna call them literary devices, but but things like parallels, uh, creating you know intentional parallels. I'm gonna break down, I guess, story devices. Yeah, they're not literary devices, but but there are there are certain uh, storytelling aspects that were clearly symbolic, clearly uh, you know supposed to create some kind of dissonance or parallel between two other things um and i'm gonna break those down towards the end of this to make it clear yes i did understand the story and it was still terrible i'm just so i i am just sick of seeing people make excuses for the plot like there's a and I, we talked about this a bit as we were working through our playthroughs of and i said i was like i, I was having a bit of a hard time deciphering 
What's something that's just not up to my personal taste and what's something I genuinely think is just bad? Um, and as I've sat more and more on it, the more and more I believe that most of it is just bad, including the fucking plot. Like, so let's start off. Let's just get, let's just dive right in. We start off in Jackson, the city that uh, uh, Joel's brother Tommy and uh, his wife were building up in the first game. Um, it's grown quite a bit. They have like full electricity and shit. Um, you could even mistake. I genuinely thought, by the way, Miles, since I didn't see really anything in the lead up to this game, I genuinely thought there were not going to be any, any infected for like a minute. I was like, are there just no zombies anymore? Is it like a, the last? Is it like a a Walking Dead situation where like the heat corroded all of the fucking zombies and now they're very very rare? Um. But no, they're they're in the game, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it starts off in Jackson. You play as Ellie, uh, and you get introduced to a bunch of new characters uh, who I don't really care for or like at all. Um, there's Jesse, who's like this Asian dude who's just like, can you think of a word to describe him? Because I can't. Uh, I well, I this actually brings me to a great critique I have of this game. Uh, is that People are like Joel and Ellie are such are such unique original characters. They're so compelling, and they are. Uh, it turns out though that those are the only two character voices Neil Druckmann has. He can only write two characters. He can write Joel and he can write Ellie. And you and you know why? Because he's been working on the Last of Story since 2004 when he was in college. He had an idea for this story and he pitched it as a game and he pitched it as a comic way, way back in the mid 2000s and it got turned down. He got a job at Naughty Dog, worked with Bruce Straley, and then together they were able to turn that concept into The Last of Us, which is why part two is so significantly worse in the narrative department. Which is actually kind of amazing because when you think about it, The Last of Us part one isn't that hard to write. I will say this, a professional screenwriter, just like a, um, you know how Jonathan Cooper said, um, a, uh, a, a more senior team could have shipped this game a year ago. Yes. A professional screenwriter could have written this game in a month. It turns out that the last of us part two, he can only write two character voices, which is Joel and Ellie. So everyone is quipping and he reminds me of, and this is a very unflattering comparison, Joss Whedon. Everyone Joss Whedon works sounds exactly the same to one another. Everyone's trading bants and speaking with sarcasm and making light jokes under duress. And then the other character huffs and they'll be like, man, you suck. And I'll be like, yeah, tell, you know, that's what your mom told Like that, the equivalent of like that shit or whatever. And he'll be like, yeah, but you love me though. And, and they'll be like, jerk. And that's the end of the conversation. And it's like, Every, every single thing is, is, is sarcastic. And, and it's even worse in this game where you had a voice like Tommy or Joel who were elevated by age, right? They were elevated by having a very specific way of speaking based on their age and based on their temperaments. Joel is a bit of a hard ass. Like, Tess sounds exactly like Ellie when you think about it. Really. Marlene sounds a lot like Joel and that they're both very bitter and cynical and, and they don't talk with a whole lot of, you know, uh, they, they talk very directly. Um, again, versus Tess, who makes a lot of quips. There are two kinds of people in this world. You can be a Joel, or you can be an Ellie. You can't be anything yeah, else. You can be, a, you can be a grumpy old man, or you can be a market-tested teenager. So, so like, everyone talks exactly the same. And so the word I would use to describe Jesse is Ellie-adjacent. 
<laughs> is so it's it's just I I just don't really I just didn't really care for any of the the new characters. In this do you mind game. if I rush? Do you mind if I rush through the Jackson part? Because I don't care. Well, there, the only thing I wanted to talk about in the Jackson part uh, is there's a section in which you have control of Ellie and, and you play with Dina and you participate in a snowball fight. And there's a se- and there's a split second where I said, oh, this is a cute idea. They're doing what Uncharted 4 did, which is was a genuinely great idea, where to teach the, the shooting mechanics in Uncharted 4. There's a scene where Nate, Nathan, uh, Nate Drake's up in his uh, uh, attic looking at a bunch of old shit, all his old treasure hunting shit in his attic, and he's reliving the glory days with a fake Nerf gun shooting at prop-up targets pretending he's in real combat. Um, and it teaches you the shooting in an in enclosed environment. I was like, this is gonna do the same thing. It's gonna teach me the shooting. No, you just press R2 and it automatically throws the snowball at the dumb kid. I thought the exact same thing, and I think it was more a tutorial about stealth. I don't know what they were going for. No, it's not. It is, I can guarantee you right now, you just mash. Just mash R2, run around, hold L1, and mash a triangle, pick up shit, and R2 to lightly throw it, and, or automatically throw it at the dumb kids, and you'll win every time. I, I actually lost that snowball fight, because I was trying to play it like a game. That was the moment where I, where my soul died. So let's rush through Jackson. Anyways, Dina and Ellie do some shit, and then they end up finding a stash of weed. They they get they scissor each other in the weed room. They scissor each other in the weed room. Uh, and and I this is a controversial subject. I was talking about this with a friend of mine. Well, actually, maybe we'll save it for a more appropriate moment to talk about sex scenes. Um, but I had a revelation about sex scenes recently, uh, and why the one with Ellie is off screen. But we'll we'll get to that in a, uh, later. Anyways, I want to I want to say this too. Uh, I, I I the relationship between Dina and Ellie I don't buy. No, I don't buy it at all. Because it's like it really does come off to us, the players, who I've only played Last of Us one. Because here's the deal. Last of Us 1, the relationship between Joel and Ellie works, and it feels strong to you because Joel and Ellie are together for most of the game. And months, it takes place over the course of like a year, that game. Months go by, like from the from the ending of the Sam and Henry section, we get the first time skip to autumn or to fall after summer. Months have gone by, and you can tell initially from that scene, once they we flash forward, the relationship between Joel and Ellie has evolved. The way they talk to each other is differently. It's more comfortable. They're more friendly with each other. Just from that scene, you can tell time has passed. I, I don't know Dina. We don't know how long they've known Dina. We can theory craft. Uh, two years is the th- yeah, two years at least. But, but we haven't seen that, so we don't know how their relationship and stuff has evolved. So to me, it came off as Dina's like, well, I scissored her in the weed room once. Best, I'm going to go risk my life now for this woman I, like, fucked once that was, in that the was weed the room. That was the part that really killed me, was was the fact that I I didn't buy that. And, and I was talking about this with a friend of mine. Um, friend of mine who, I guess I just, I know a million trans lesbians, um, but talking about this and we were both in agreement the only reason that people probably are likely to buy dina and ellie's relationship is because media has conditioned you to instantly believe that two people of the same sex will inherently love each other because they are of the same sex and their love will be perfect and beautiful because that's the only kind of lgbt love media that we see two people who like the same person or who like the same sex like same gender um 
are automatically going to link up. Like, you're never going to see someone who's like, I'm pansexual, I'm just dating a straight guy. And because because people are going to say, oh, they're pansexual, prove it. Oh, oh, they, they like, yep. oh, they're dating a straight person, better see some chemistry, versus it's like when you have two girls, oh, they're, one's bisexual, the other one's a lesbian, sick. I guess they're just together now, I buy it, because, because LGBT media is just like that. I, I, but I'm not buying that shit because I'm a fucking boomer, Miles. Yeah, well, they're not together, and like they're they're the problem is their relationship is again just Ellie adjacent. It's literally Ellie fucks Ellie adjacent character. <laughs> they're the same character, and that's the problem is like relationships are really fun. People don't ship similar characters. That's the thing. People don't like in media people who are similar. You ship my favorite Fire Emblem Three Houses ship, which is not a ship in the game, is Bernadetta and Sylvain, because they are the complete opposite character. But where it counts is that they both suffer in the same way, which is they suffered abuse um, for mm-hmm. being royals and for having royal expectations or for being nobles and having noblemen's expectations thrust upon them. And, and in very different ways, but ultimately the, the commonality, the string, is recognizing in one another that they've gone through something. Unfortunately, that doesn't happen in the game, and I had to write my own fan fiction where it did. But I saw it, because that's what happens when you pair two characters who are opposite together. You start thinking about the ways in which maybe something could happen here. Maybe, maybe something interesting could occur here. People look for yeah. chemistry, and when they see chemistry they like, it explodes. But but Dina and Ellie are the same person, so it's not fun to 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 imagine their relationship because it's just them laying in bed together, trading banter, and and they have all of the generic like relationship scenes. They kiss at the dance. They have a postcoital talk. Sc- they have postcoital scar talk. <laughs> Which is, like, the the most movie trope thing in the universe. How'd you get this scar? And, of course, they lightly caress the scar with their finger. How'd you get this scar? Oh, I got it from this. How'd you get this scar? Oh, I got it from being bitten by an effect- infected because I'm an immune person. And, and, and to be fair, there is one really good screenwriting trick here, which is uh, conversation through misunderstanding. But it's used wrong because the information that we get, we know already. Which is, she says, I'm immune, and she, and Dina goes, I told, I just told you a real story, you tell me a real one. And, and in a good story, that would, when she would, that's when she would double down, no, I'm immune. And that's her opportunity to explain Open up. the situation, yeah. because, because they've created a natural dialogue invitation to expand on it further and to clarify. That's just, it, yeah, and it would have been cool too, because, because it's revealed later on that, it's revealed later on in the flashback that El- that the only people who know Ellie is immune is Joel, Tommy, and then his wife, uh, Marie. Yeah. That's it. So it's a big deal to reveal that information to Dina. And a shine of, it should be a sign of their progress. So, but it's not because they just met. We, or they just had sex. Yeah. They've apparently known each other for two years. Um, yeah, which I just don't believe. I just don't buy this. Well, well, Joel Joel talks about her constantly, at, like uh, in in the in the part where they're together in the flashback two years ago. Yeah, and then she keeps asserting, "We're just friends. We're just friends. We're just friends." And it's like, okay, whatever, sure. Uh, and and so the implication of that moment is that they are just starting to fall in love, of 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 them having sex and of them finding the the dank Kush stack. 
by the guy who looks like Neil Druckmann. <laughs> the one of the one of like four characters in this game that look like Neil there, Druckmann. There are four characters who look like Neil Druckmann. There's Manny, there's Eugene, there's Dr. Uckman. Did you ever find that card? <laughs> I didn't actually. That was like the one I didn't I'm, find. I'm suspecting it might have been fake. It might have been a really impressive Photoshop job. If it was insane yeah insane brilliant like, actually incredible uh the whole so basically for those who don't know uh neil Druckmann, the game uh the uh, creative director for for this game um has a card as like a you, there's a collectible trading cards that ellie collects and then abby collects coins um where it's a bunch of trading cards for like a, some fake zombie like sci-fi world it's like one of them book. is dr uckman <laughs> and he has 60 bronze and 100 brains and and there it's literally the skyrim meme brains 100 there, there's a there's a line uh, a, a good friend of mine probably also doesn't listen to this post mesmeric shouts out he pointed something out which is in the text for that card it said dr uckman pushed humans to the limit and and he and and alex said is that about crunch? Yeah, do you think like dude, it dude, it, if it is, it's like that's really cool. Like that's really wild that's, because you know he didn't do it. Yeah. You know he didn't write the card. He did not write that shit. Some other writer did it and they probably did it out of spite. Oh yeah. That would be uh, honestly like I would love the shit out of that. It's it's like when programmers would hide like messages about you know about office politics or whatever in in the games code. Yeah, or they or they put their or they hide their names in the game. Yeah, like, they hide their names somewhere because they wanted credit. Um, yeah, like like that's that's good stuff. Uh, Doctor Uckman. So there's like four characters that look like Neil. Um, anyway, so so the first character who looks like Neil has a weed stash. They have sex in the weed stash. Jesse comes to them and says, "Oh my god." Uh, Joel didn't come back from his patrol because, uh, Ellie, or Abby, took her whole gang, the Washington Liberation Front, who are former Fireflies. The ex-Fireflies of the Washington Liberation Front, specifically. Yeah, the ex-Fireflies of the Washington Liberation Front. They go to Jackson to find Joel and get their revenge. So they find Joel. Um, Abby finds Joel by accident. Uh, she's running from infected on her own. And And Joel saves her fucking life. Let's make that abundantly clear. Yeah. Joel objectively saved Abby's life. Yes. So, so anyway, so he saves her life. She brings him to a cabin and he's executed in front of Ellie. Can we talk about how, and everyone's been, 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 been like talking about this. This has been a huge point of contention that everyone talked about because they're right. Joel would never put himself in that situation. If this was Joel from Last of Us Part 1, he would have never done that. He would have never went in that cabin. He would have never gave him his name. He would have never put out that information. He would have never got him, let himself be surrounded by a bunch of strangers he literally just met. Yeah. Remember that awesome scene? Remember that great scene in Last of Us Part 1 where they you, you just beat Bill and you're driving in the truck and the and it's the it's the guy who's like limping on the side of the road. He's like, help me, help me. And Ellie's like, yo, Joel, we got to help that guy. And he's like, he ain't even hurting. Steps on the gas and runs him over because yeah. the guy was going to pull a gun and steal their shit. Great moment. Awesome moment. Shows how smart Joel is in the apocalypse. Joel is just dumbass. He's just a dumbass. To, and it, the whole reason he's stupid is because we have to get him alone with Ellie, Abby, so Abby can fucking. Kill there, him. there are two moments in which his dumbassery is demonstrated. That's the first one, and the second one is when they go, they try to go to a music store for guitar strings for 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 Ellie, and they end up getting run run out by infected, even though they know that the building has the potential to have infected in it for guitar strings. Also, that cliff probably could have boosted him up that cliff. Yeah. So first of all, 
You could have boosted him up that cliff because I thought the same fucking thing. Second of all, in, in its defense, they are also technically on patrol. That is a comment made by Ellie oh, that's fair. where there's infected and he's like, well, she's like, well, we're technically on patrol, so we got to knock him out. The well, Oh, that, that's another thing. Th- this belongs in the gameplay segment, but I know anytime there is foliage or like nature, like the roots on a cliff, I was like, God damn it. I, you can't climb yeah, it. God, I, I would say to myself, God damn it, because I would see a point that in, again, the Phantom Pain, probably would have been able to climb that and use it as an infiltration point. But but Ellie sees foliage, and you'd think, oh, there's a bunch of grass up there. Great place to hide, and it gives me a vantage point. No, I'm just, I just can't do it. Can't touch it. She's allergic to the color green. She's allergic to, <laughs> everyone's allergic to poison ivy. Yep, it's all poison ivy. It's all poison ivy. That's the explanation, all of it. Um, but anyway, so they kill, they kill Joel... Uh, and, and of course, Joel gets hit in the face with a motherfucking golf club, baby. Fucking golf clubs gets fucking brutalized. And by the way, in like one of the, in one of the three, one of like the four moments I liked in this game, when he's dying and Ashley Johnson as Ellie goes, Joel, get the, get the fucking up, Joel, is a great line. Yeah. Is a great delivery. Get, Joel, get, move the fuck. I, I don't remember what she says, but one of my favorite uses of fucking in video games. Right next to, of course, uh, Travis touchdown. Fuck it. Uh, my my favorite one personally again MGS five because there's only two times, three times in Japanese in which uh anyone says fuck in Metal Gear. Um, in Japan Eva says fuck. Uh, in MGS four, uh, Laughing Octopus says it's so fucking hysterical, and I love this in MGS five when Kaz, you're attacked by the Man of Fire, and he just goes, "Get the fuck out of there." <laughs> that's that's a great line reading. Uh, and yeah, so that, that's a great use of the word fuck. Um, but I will say this game overused the word fuck so hard. Yes. I forgot that it was a word. It's like when, like, okay, Sam, say spoon 10 times and then think about the word spoon. Spoon, 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 spoon. Did the word spoon stop sounding like a word to you? Yeah. It did, right? It did. When I heard fuck it and did. fucking as many times as I did, I was like, that's not even a real word. I don't know what it means anymore. I, I, I If I was smart, I would have kept count of the amount of times anyone says the word fuck in the game. I, I want to do, once we get toward, once we're nearing the end, I want to put together with you a drinking game on the show. Okay. So if anyone wants to play The Last of Us 2 after listening to this, which by the way, if you do, we fucking failed you. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, maybe, maybe watch a playthrough. But- yeah, maybe wa- yeah, watch a playthrough or watch a Twitch stream. And then every time whatever happens, we'll we'll come up with a fucking drinking game. Yeah. Uh at the end. Uh so anyway, until then, until then, uh, uh Joel fucking gets his ass beat in yeah. uh with the golf club by Abby brutally. Uh and they don't kill Tommy and Ellie for no reason. But, the, because, no, literally because no reason. Abby says we would be just as bad as them if we killed them, even though they were also complicit in the death of the fireflies. Exactly, like hundred Ellie is hundred percent complicit in the death of the fireflies. I'm sure they didn't know that, but they probably, yeah, I don't Tommy think they knew that. They, bro- they, like, they say she's the not. Thing. They didn't realize she was the infected girl. Here and and here's but the thing too. They knew Tommy. They knew who Tommy was. But Tommy is Joel's brother. It said Tommy's like, I, and I'm his brother, Tommy. I'm his brother. You're gonna burn, brutally murder this man. You don't think Tommy's gonna come running after you, which he does immediately. Immediately, by the way. Oh, and he's and he's incredible. He's a one man army. I would have loved a Tommy oh, section of that game. That would have been awesome. That would have been sick. And by the way, another scene, the other like one of the other scenes I liked. I like the scene between Tommy and Ellie at like the scene right after they watch Joel 
get bur- brutally murdered and it's just such a quiet scene yeah. it's like so fucking somber and you can tell like these are the two people most destroyed and most distraught by what they just fucking bore witness to and like their their camaraderie over that i think was good anyways so so ellie decides i have to get revenge tommy's like no don't go out and get revenge uh or at least wait a day i'm gonna talk to maria and see what what we can do about getting some people together to go after them. Tommy uses the opportunity to go rogue and go, and Maria is like, go get my husband back. Go to Seattle, get your revenge, and bring my husband back home in one piece. That's your mission. And then Actually, Maria just said, just get Tommy back. Yeah, just get Tommy back. Not even get, get your revenge, yeah. yeah. So, so, Ellie then fails all, all two of those goals <laughs> spectacularly. Um, anyway, so a bunch of irrelevant shit happens. They go to Seattle, uh, uh, Dina and Ellie bond over usual, you bullshit. know, bullshit. Yeah, they, they talk about who they first killed. Really romantic stuff. Um, oh, I want to yeah. talk about the synagogue. Yeah, I re- I was really, I was curious about your, your, uh, uh opinion of, of, uh, of, uh, Dina being Jewish and going to a synagogue. I was fine with Dina being Jewish. I was less fine with realizing her gigantic schnoz was added in post yeah so they so fun fact so the the actress who the person who did mocap for dina uh they shrank her tits and they uh not that they were particularly extremely absurdly large anyways perfectly normal they're, yeah size. They're like b cups thereabouts yeah but like nothing to be ashamed of no, not they at all. Re- reduced her breast size and they increased the size for nose yeah uh, to make her look more makes jewish sense when you go to the fucking synagogue uh <laughs> Yeah, and then, so Neil Druckmann is Jewish to his credit. Uh, I think he's Israeli, even. So, unlike unlike us, who, I, I'm an Ashkenazi Jew. What do you mean, unlike us? I'm not Jew. <laughs> unlike, unlike us. Unlike the last of Just us. Of us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the last of us Jews. So, anyways. So Were you sad there was no shootout in the synagogue, Miles? <laughs> I, I wasn't, because I, I wanted to get out of there so quickly. Anyway, so, so it. I'm assuming if you're a Bible-thumping Christian who has never even known anything about Judaism, you might learn very little, but something. Um, but, so first of all, she makes sure to reference the Holocaust, because of course. Of course. Because the game is the Schindler's List of video games. My people were always survivors. What a cringy fucking line. I wish you had seen my face when that happened. I wish you could have seen it. I reeled, and I, and I think my the lips, like, I, my lips went all the way down. I looked like Squidward when he's like, does this look unsure to you? Uh, I looked- Fuck, that's a good Squidward, dude. Yeah. That's way too that good. Was, yeah, I was like, uh, my face was like caved in, dude. I looked like, I looked like-, like Joel's I had, face was, baby! Yeah, I was just about to say, I looked like Joel. Um, but- uh, so she says, I-, I like coming from a long family of survivors. The thing I noticed as well is she only referenced the ones carried out by people who are still alive. The Inquisition <laughs> and the Holocaust. No reference to the Maccabees. Um, you know, the Maccabees rebellion against, I think it was the Roman Empire. I honestly don't remember the Hanukkah story nearly as well as I should, but it's Almost like the normies who wrote this game only know Jews for being mass executed during the Holocaust and the Inquisition. Well, so so obviously there's Egypt, the slavery in Egypt. That's they're survivors of that. They wandered in the desert for forty years, um, led by Moses, only only sustained by rains of bread from God. 
literally, that's the story uh, of finding Yisrael, their, their, their attempt to find the promised land. Did you just say yeast, ye, like Yisrael, like Israel put with yeast? So Yisrael is, is uh, oh, and by the way, you'll learn more from this podcast about Judaism than you will from The Last of Us Part 2. Yisrael is the term, basically, for uh, the promised land, which is why the, oh, the state okay. is named Israel. Oh, okay. So the name is okay. derived from Yisrael. Gotcha. Okay, so it's like, uh, oh, okay, so it's like, uh, what's the fucking place? Uh, uh, El Dorado or some kind of bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Like, kind of mystical, like, a utopian sort of Yeah, society. and then El Dorado, if it was a real city, it would just be called, like, Dorito. <laughs> El Dorito. El Dorito. <laughs> the Dorito. Um, it's my favorite DreamWorks movie, Road to El Dorito. Road to El Dorito. <laughs> Ironically enough, my favorite DreamWorks movie is Prince of Egypt. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so they wander the desert. Like, that's a survival scenario. Of course, the, the Maccabees, the the... the the Western Wall is the only surviving wall of a temple destroyed by invaders. I believe Romans. Um, we were blamed for the plague. Fun fact. Uh, we were mass executed during that era as well. Because uh, Jews cleaned out their houses during Pesach, during Passover. Uh, and so because they were constantly cleaning out their houses, they weren't living in the filth that attracted mm. rats with fleas. So we were blamed for the plague. Like, there's so much Jewish history that my... I haven't been to synagogue or Hebrew school since I had my bar mitzvah. Literally. And I know this shit. And you could have made... You could have made an interesting, you know, uh, uh, Dina even says, we were blamed for the plague. What? No way. Yeah, no, because because we weren't dying as much as everyone else. Like, that's, Ellie's like, that's crazy, dude. She'd be like, whoa, man. Or maybe she'd be like, bro, that sucks, bro. Bro, bro. That, bro that reminds me of my favorite dojin. Um, uh, but... <laughs> Yeah, but but so sh so then you get a really really useful hint about what a Torah is and what the Jewish calendar is. And Ellie does that thing again, explanation through misunderstanding because she sees a Jewish calendar that says the year that it was. It was like 5244 or whatever um that it would have been in 2013. And she was like, "Are yeah. we in the future?" And and Dina's like, "No, you <laughs> um we're <laughs> we we are uh we're, we're, that was the Jewish calendar. It's a very different, the Jewish New Year is different than ours. And every Jewish New Year, we eat apples and honey. And then Ellie goes, that sounds good. And then Dina's like, yeah, Jewish festivals are always about food. Which, by the way, when I heard that, when I heard that Jewish holidays are always about food, I had a flashback to you talking to me on this previous episode of the podcast about how all Jewish food sucks dick. Oh, it's all terrible. <laughs> and the, the other thing is that, no, all Jewish holidays are about remembering how bad we have it. This would have been a great opportunity for her, to, for her to be like, other than Sukkot, all our holidays are about how, oh, Purim, fucking Purim was, was, a, was another survival story. I forget if that was, I believe it was in Persia, um, but the, the queen, the Persian princess, the Persian queen was a Jew who convinced uh, uh, Haman, I believe his name was, to, uh, to not execute all the Jews. And the reason that we Hamantashen is because... Uh, we uh, we convinced Haman not to kill everyone, um, and uh, well, we didn't. She did. I believe her name was Sarah. Uh, I'm trying to remember, but I can't. Um, anyways, and at one point she calls the Torah the Jewish Bible, and I was like, no, bitch, flip that shit in reverse. <laughs> uno reverse card. Uno, uno reverse card. Yeah, uh, because and and like and here here is an opportunity <laughs> for Neil to have a, a a gotcha woke line for Ellie to be like. The Torah, oh, the, the, so the Torah is like the Jewish Bible, and then Dina would be like, actually, the Bible is more like the Christian Torah. 
Pew, pew, pew. Oh! Oh! Because we came first, baby. Anyways, fuck that synagogue. That part sucks. Part sucks. I don't care. I don't give a shit. Thanks for the Judaism lesson, Miles. What was that? I learned more about Judaism today than I did playing Molasses Part. I two. guarantee you, everyone listening to this did as well. Uh, and I and I was saying things like I, if I remember correctly, and I think. <laughs> Um, but I, I had a Hebrew school education. Um, anyways, so then afterwards, a bunch of shit happens. They get, you know, they lose their horse. Horse gets blown up. Um. Poor Shimmer. Yeah. Gets, uh, by the way, that scene is awesome where they just, it's, the horse explodes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that scene is great. They, they, they explode the horse. Anyways, Dina and Ellie escape. And it's revealed later, uh, after they escape that Dina is pregnant. And she knew and came with Ellie anyways. Again, I don't know why, because she just fucking met her. Dina fucked up the mission. Yeah. She totally botched the fucking revenge plot for no reason. Well, she, she also said, I, 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 I've known for weeks, but we can assume yeah. that even means prior to the mission. Yeah, because I thought, because when I, because I was like, I, I thought, oh, I, maybe it took a couple months to get to Seattle, because I, I wasn't, again, 100% sure where they were. So I was like, oh, she found out. She was late, and she found out while they were in the middle of their trip. But here's the other question, though. If it oh. took a couple months, how would she know that she's pregnant? How would she have gotten pregnant? Jesse and her had sex uh, a week before they left. Yeah, but they then if it took them months, week? she would have entered late trimesters, or later trimesters. Yeah, you're a right. A bump would have you're certainly right. formed at least a little bit by that point. Uh, she fucks up the mission. Ellie is like, you're a burden. She says that to her. She's like, you're a burden. Uh, and then she's like, I'm going off on my own. Uh, she tells Dina, be my support or whatever. Like, help me look up these things. Be my man in the chair, my woman in yeah, the chair. Yeah, be my, be my lass in the chair. Um, and Dina's like, hey, we found out about all these things. So they find a f- bunch of photographs of all of the people involved. For some reason, they took a bunch of photographs and wrote their Leah names. Leah had them. Yeah, Leah had them. Yeah. But she took photos and wrote their names, even though she would know who they are. Yeah, I don't understand what the point of that yeah, was. Yeah, she took photographs of them together with their names labeled on them. As if she would forget. Like, if 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 they had a note, you need a note that says, Leah's developed short-term memory loss. And needs, yeah, and 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 we, we've left her in the tower because that's an easy job for her to do. Um, she's in the radio tower monitoring things because she doesn't need to remember things for long periods of time. We are also giving her... Uh, information that she can use to refresh her memory. She has short-term memory loss. Whatever. Something, you know, I don't know. Like, it's an absurd fix, but easy. Um, So then you go to Helsinki or whatever the name of the place is. Hillcrest. Hillcrest, thank you. You go to Hillcrest. (laughs) Helsinki. You go to Hillcrest um, and and meet Jesse. Jesse shows up. Who is there for no reason. And I have no idea how anyone, how does anybody find anyone in the post-apocalypse? Yeah. So Je- Jesse. How do you do that? Jesse found her. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe he followed reports of Tommy. Well, the thing is, so it seems like he got there instantly and happened to enter a skirmish instantly. Um, yeah. And that's sort of what he implies. The moment he got there, he got attacked. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, so, so he goes there, um, you know, they, they escape the situation, return to, uh, the theater, find out he- And by the way, at this point, I want to make it clear, Ellie's body count, about 50. Yeah, roughly. About 45, 50 right now. Unless you played like me, body count might be closer to 
25. Um, maybe less. Yeah. Well, it depends on the amount of infected. Probably I killed... No, I don't think I killed that many. Uh, I, not, I, I'm not including infected. Yeah, not including my, infected. My People. body count by that point, yeah, probably probably closer to 15, 20. 15, 20. Yeah. All right, still. We'll go with the go. We'll, 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 it's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, anyways. This plays into my point at yeah. the end for the story. Anyway, so, so then Jesse is like, Dean is pregnant. I figured it out. She or she told me or whatever. I don't know. I think I think uh Ellie told Ellie him. told him, yeah. He he surmises it on her own. Um or on his own. Jesse yeah. is like, oh, she's pregnant, okay. Uh whatever. Let's go get more revenge. Uh and and so they 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 leave to find Tommy. So to link up with Tommy. Because they get Jesse her- specifically goes with Ellie to find Tommy. Yes. They they go to link up with Tommy. He gets, I guess, an alert. They, they hear something on the radio about Tommy's whereabouts, right? Um, yeah. And because uh, there's a radio station in this movie theater um, that they hide out in, they hole up in a movie theater. It was a, I think, fe- former Fedra soldiers were there. Yeah. Okay. And they had a kind of a little bit of a base yeah. set up there. Um, but they were, were they're dead by the time you get there. Yeah. So, or it might have just been like a theater, theater, like an amphitheater. Um, yeah. I don't care. Anyways, uh, yeah, no, because because it's there's music, there's musicians, but they have movie posters in there. I don't give a fuck. Um, anyways, so, so they, they go through the, the, they go through the city and eventually they find that Abby could be somewhere, but Jesse's like, no, we need to find Tommy. And Abby's like, the, or, and Ellie's like, no, well, you have to find Abby. That's how we're going to help Tommy. Abby's at the aquarium. They find out that Abby is basically at the aquarium. They find out she's at the aquarium. What happens after? Did I miss the part where she killed Nora? Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Abby kills uh, Nora. Uh, by, I think she's by herself for this. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think, think yeah, she's by. Yeah. So I think they split up. Uh, no. Oh, that's how she gets the no- notification that uh, she's at the aquarium. Abby's at the aquarium. How did he? How did she find? How did she find? She beats it out of her. Remember? No, but, but uh, remember what, the the scene in which they pull all their punches. Well, no. Well, at what point was that? Was there a day I'm missing? That was day two. Day three is the aquarium. But Jesse shows up at day two. Fuck. She goes. Well, she, I remember Does she goes, just doing on her own. She does go on her own. I think she sends Jesse to the movie theater and then continues her pursuit. I think is what happens because then it yeah. goes to night. Remember, and she meets the 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 seraphites. Yeah. Um. So or the scars. The scars. So then she finds Nora, one of the people who killed Joel, um, and she gets her to talk about where Abby is. Uh, in the lamest scene of all time, because so. Go, you explain. So, you explain. so there's a scene. There, there's a great scene where she is cornered. Uh, she chases Nora, and Nora and her are on the edge of a cliff that's leaking spores. It's it's like a, a subterranean kind of basement looking thing. So subway, yeah, yeah, subway. So she she takes her down into there without uh, a mask, but of course Ellie's immune and Nora is not. So Nora is slowly dying and she's going to become infected. So she corners Nora and says, "Talk." Because if you do, I'll kill you quickly, or I will kill you very, very slowly. Um, and Nora is like, no, Joel got what he deserved. And so Ellie, in rage, beats her to death with a pipe. And I was thinking about the scene in The Phantom Pain, again, where yep. you finally get your revenge on Skullface. And it's brutal, and it's off-putting, and it's disgusting. Like, they, they shoot off all of his limbs. They, they shoot off the limbs that he took from them. So they shoot off his arm and they shoot off his leg. Um, and, and it's horrifying. And then they put the gun next to his disembodied arm, just out of reach. And they said, kill, kill yourself. Even though he can't. Yeah. So he's going to bleed out slowly. Um, and then Huey ruins it, but that's neither here nor there. 
Um, anyway, so, uh, so I was thinking about like how brutal and on screen and vivid that scene is. And then instead they just have, they hold on Ellie's face of her beating her with the pipe. So she swings the pipe three times and they don't show Nora getting beaten in. And this should be the moment where we should be really horrified by the depths of violence that Ellie is willing to go to. And instead we, we see none of it. We see literally none of it. And you don't feel anything. Yeah. It's such a, like, I, I, this is sort of, cause I, I kind of talked a bit, a bit at the beginning where it's like, I really felt like, I, I, everyone was saying this game's so, like, hate filled. I really didn't feel it. This was the perfect moment that described that. And it's like, when it matters most, they always, the Naughty Dog always pulls their punches when it fucking matters most in this game. So, so anyway, so, so afterwards, uh, she breaks up with Jesse. Uh, Jesse goes to look for Tommy. She goes to look for Abby. Uh, there's a great segment where she, you take a boat to an aquarium on, an island of some kind. Yeah. yeah. Or like a, some like a carnival carnival. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a, Coney a Ferris Island looking thing. Um, yeah. And this is where we get, uh, one of my new favorite storms. Uh, and, and it, this is a great moment because it's the Coleman, this game really likes to use like empathetic environments, which I'm a fan of, but in games like this, it always looks stupid. <laughs> um, but so there's a storm raging. Of course it represents the storm. Raging inside his heart. Yeah. So, so she's using a, a, a motorboat to get there. The motorboat capsizes and she has to swim there. And there's waves like sending her down. So you have to dive under the water when you see a wave coming. And it's, it's a great segment. Very clever. Um, it's like 30 seconds. Yeah. It's, it's two seconds long. Um, it, I, I actually think it's closer to 15 seconds. Um, okay. it's really friggin' short. Uh, and, and, and so. You get to the island, and it turns out that two of the other people who were responsible for Joel's death, Mel and Owen, are there. And yeah. Ellie attempts to make them talk, and they refuse to give up Abby's location. Abby is off somewhere else. Uh, and Ellie fucking kills yeah, them. Yeah, and, and Ellie kills them. Uh, she kills Owen on purpose, uh, and then Mel attacks and her. And then she also kills Mel. And then she also kills Mel. And then she discovers, gasp, Mel is pregnant. Big gasp, even though we knew that already, even though the player knew that, uh, for no reason. They, they told you at the beginning of the game. Um, so they should have... That Mel is pregnant? Yeah, yeah, um, Owen says I can't get revenge and Mel is pregnant. So much shit happens, and I forget. <laughs> two, the game is really overstuffed. So anyway, so then afterwards, Abby finds out about Owen and Mel's death. Via a map that Ellie left behind, which is hilarious because yeah. on the map, even though she would know, she circled the movie theater that they're hiding out in. They would have so they would have gotten so away scot free if she didn't. And the thing is, the map has big arrows pointing to it. <laughs> it's like incredible, yeah, it's incredible on it, and it's like, and it's like you should you would know where this is. You would know where this is anyway. So then we so Abby shows up. She kills Jesse. Uh, uh, holds Tommy at bay and Ellie surrenders. And then Abby says, you killed my friends. I let you guys live and you wasted it. You know, and, and then cut to Abby's story where the game becomes significantly worse. I, I was like, oh no, please don't make me do all this shit. Because here's the deal. I know how it ends. I, I'm not from spoilers. I literally know that Owen and Mel and all these fucking people die. I don't need to see this shit because I don't care. And I also don't like Abby because she killed fucking Joel with a golf club. 
So, so here, here's where I'm going to get critical. And I don't mean like critical as an angry or talk about this. Here's where I get like analytical, basically. Uh, okay. these are the lyrics. These are not the lyrics to the Super Tramp song, the logical song. These are things that I'm gonna, these are words that I'm gonna start saying. So, first of all, dramatic irony, I think never works, personally. Um, unless it's used as tragedy, like Jesse from Final Fantasy VII thinking that, that the bomb went off and it was her fault that all those people died, even though it was Shinra, uh, who made the explosion bigger than it was. Um, yeah. so she dies with a lot of guilt on her heart, even though she's not a murderer. Um, that it, so that's, that's good dramatic irony, like where you just wish you could tell them and clear up this thing. Macbeth, um, or Hamlet, uh, are the yeah. most classical examples of dramatic irony where the viewer knows everything that's going on, but the entire show is a series of misconnections. Um, the problem is when dramatic irony involves you knowing who lives and dies, false flat every time, every time. And, and so we, we flashback. I will say, very impressive moment where we see the baseball stadium that all, they all Great, did. great scene. Great sequence. Actually, great. Yeah. Great. Um, so then we, we meet our- By the way, did you know you could talk to Hotline Miami Girl? No, I didn't. Yeah, there's a scene you can go over to her and she's playing and she's like, hey, what, and Abby goes, hey, what are you playing? And she's like, a game. And he's, he's like, it's hard, but pretty good. Uh, yeah, but not as good as this <laughs> like, one game I played. <laughs> called The Last of Us. Called The Last of Us. Uh, I played it on the PS2 right before the outbreak. Called call the Jack X Combat Racing the arcade <laughs> game. Uh, <laughs> playing this great game called Uncharted 3. <laughs> Play, sorry, I mean Uncharted 4. It was originally written by this one bitch, but, uh, but they got rid <laughs> of her. This one hoe. Yeah, but they got rid of her, thankfully. Could you imagine, dude? Could you imagine if that was in the game, dude? Also, I believe shortly after this, we get a Princess Mononoke reference. We do, yes, and we and, and, we and do. It, okay, that, ma that made my face cringe in so hard. I looked like I looked like the guy on the cover of like you ever seen a Warheads candy wrapper? Yes, <laughs> that was me. You what? What made you cringe harder? What made you cringe harder? Princess Mononoke reference or the Point Break reference? Which one was the Point Break reference? That's when they're in the bank heist, and it's like, uh, and Dina's like, "This reminds you of that one movie." Oh yeah, uh, no, I. Eli's like, "Which one?" And she's like, "It's with the surfers who are also bank robbers." She's like, "Yeah, great movie." And I'm like, "I agree," but I, I didn't cringe uh, at that one because I thought that, like, that in the Jurassic Park, I was like, "Those are fine." Like, those are. Boom, nice boomer Yeah, those picks. are boomer references. The one that killed me was when was when Manny goes, I would rather be drinking and watching anime, Penteol. That hurt me. Oh, that yeah. hurt me on when, the When inside. he said anime, and I was talking about this with another friend of mine. I was like, here's the thing. Anime, when you hear that, what do you think of anime? You think of TV, right? You think of, yes. of, of a series. When someone says Princess Mononoke, you say, oh, that's a film. Yeah, and Princess Mononoke is not name dropped. It is a reference to as the woman who rides on the wolf. Yeah, but but when you, when you say anime movie, you would say that is an animated yeah. film. Like no no one's like oh Spirited Away. I love that anime. You say <laughs> I love that movie. It's uh yeah definitely yeah de definitely weird. Although I have heard some people just refer to like anime films as just like anime. They should in they should kill themselves <laughs> and they should stop. Like they should stop. I agree. Um, just because it's confusing, yeah. but. Uh, and also, too, I need to comment about the Hotline Miami thing because it's really important to me. Yeah. Can we let's just break this down. Miles, can you believe 
that the year is probably, I believe, Outbreak Day is 2013, 20 years go by in The Last of Us, four years go by in this game. It's uh, 2038. A PlayStation Vita survives the apocalypse with no cracked screen. This PlayStation Vita also needed to be turned on and it needed to go to the PSN while it was still up in 2012 for someone to purchase Hotline Miami. The odds of this PS Vita existing are zero to none. There aren't that many PS Vitas, let alone one that had internet access before 2013, before Outbreak Day, to download Hotline Miami so this bitch, this fucking bitch, could play it on her, on her scouting duty and it screens perfect. There's no cracks. Because we can't show a PlayStation Vita being fucking destroyed. Why are there no cracks in the screen, Miles? Because Vita means life. Well, that scene gave me death. I, so it fucking <laughs> failed. Well, here, here's the other thing. Immediately when I saw this, I had no bullets. I was like, I got like two bullets. I got none bullets left besides these two bullets. I need, though I, I do need to see if I can break this Vita. I considered it, dude. I can. I was like, do I want to blow one here? Do I really want to blow it here? I didn't. Did you? I did. <laughs> it is indestructible. <laughs> it can't be broken. Literally, JoJo's Bizarre Apocalypse Part 4 Vita is it's unbreakable. <laughs> and another moment, because you did remind me of one of one scene... I tested so during the open during the open world section earlier on in the game where you have to get the gas. I get the gas and I'm just like for shits and gigs I'm gonna shoot the gas tank to see if it blows up. No, no. Well, the first one has doesn't. no gas in it, and the second one's in. The I didn't synagogue. blow up that. I didn't hit that one. I hit the other one. Yeah, the second one's in the oh, synagogue. I, I don't one. think you can fire in that one. No, you're no. So you're, you're so you're in uh, the where you get the gas. The whatever the canister is where you get the gas. The dome. The dome. Yeah, that's the synagogue. You, you're not allowed to pull a gun out in the basement. You are when you fight because you fight. But the, the one with the basement. You're in the garage. But the one in the basement has no gas in it. Yes, it does. No, that's where you get. You the, get the, the gas the, the, canister. The, but she says, "Oh, the gas is tapped out. We need to look at. We need to go to the dome." That's right. That's right. I hit whatever the one with, the, with the, whatever the one with the gas. I hit the one with the gas, and it didn't blow because it was in the synagogue, and they disabled the ability to shoot guns in the synagogue. Let me shoot guns in the synagogue, <laughs> damn it! <laughs> On a normal episode, that would have been the time. <laughs> On any normal episode, we would have time. <laughs> 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 My channel's getting taken down for hate, hate, <laughs> for hate comments. Crimes. Ar arrested, arrested for for hate crimes. <laughs> arrested for for revenge crimes. I hate Lazarus two zero out of ten, seven point eight out of ten. Too much water won't let me. <laughs> too guns too much hate crimes. <laughs> zero point eight. Too much hate. <laughs> too much hatred. Too um, much hate. Too much hate. <laughs> Anyways, so so Abby's story begins, and I gotta be fortunately. I, I I gotta be honest. I think we can skip most of the story up to the point in which Abby finds out that Owen is missing. We can literally skip two hours. Hold on, can we talk about two? I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about number one. Mel is like 
six months and pregnant they let go on this mission. mission. Yeah. And they're like, another couple weeks and they wouldn't have let me go. They shouldn't be letting you go, period, ma'am. I, I found it really like, funny when, because I think this is supposed to be sort of like a, a feminist line. When, 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 when Abby's like, Mel's like, I'm going. And Abby's like, is Owen okay with this? And she goes, why would it be up to Owen? And I said, because it's his kid. Because you're carrying it, you're his child. because yeah, you're carrying his child. Like, I understand it's also your child and you can do what you want with your body. But I can't fucking imagine anyone, like, Im imagine right now, right? If my wife was like, I want to ride the teacups. And I was like, it says that you can't ride the teacups. And she says, why is it up to you? And I would go, it's not up to me. It's actually up to many, many people who recognize that the value of a human life is inside of you right now. And also, life is pretty fucking fragile right about now. Uh, yeah. yeah. People, people need people to not think they're invincible superheroes and keep going out to get revenge. It's so heinous. It's so stupid. It's so fucking stupid. It's so dumb. Oh, and, and, it's so dumb. And so there's a couple moments that I, I realized. Basically, I'm just going to sum up Abby's story real quick and, and sort of point out all the ways in which there are parallels, which the game yeah. essentially says, even though Abby is the bad guy and she killed Joel, Abby is a better person than Ellie because the game sets up several scenarios in which she does selfless things Ellie would not have done. To artificially make her look like a better person than Ellie. But I still don't believe that. I just think they're both horrible. No, I think they're both horrible. Like, but but I, I... The Last of Us pulls this stunt, and the, last, the first one does this too. This shit makes me so mad in media. Like, in the... Because here's the deal. It's the post-apocalypse. Everyone is fucking terrible. Everyone is a fucking terrible shithead. But we gotta prop up our protagonist by having them fight like a cannibal... Who is like apparently so much more worse than the than the two hundred plus people Ellie fucking killed? Oh no, killed? it's not because he's a cannibal. It's because he's a cannibal pedophile. That ain't okay. But all the the hundreds of if not thousands of people Joel killed in his twenty years in the apocalypse don't matter. Everyone's horrible. Everyone's fucking terrible to each other. It's the fucking post apocalypse. Why wouldn't they? be? I was talking about this with a friend of mine who played The Last of Us for the first time. And she was like, yeah, that game was underwhelming, and I, I didn't get anything out of it. Um, and, and she was like, I understand that, that there was supposed to be this idea of maybe we should let all the humans die, and, and because I'm a terrible person, but I'm not. Uh, and I was like, yeah, do you remember that time that a bunch of hunters had a big truck with a human being as a hood ornament? I'm sure they're normal non-sociopaths trying to eke out a living. Like, there's a scene towards the end of the game where, where there's just this dickhead who's, like, torturing a uh, an infected person just to be a dick. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I get it that these are bad guys. Anyways, so but, but they put Abby in several situations in which Abby is more of an altruist than Ellie is to make her artificially seem like a better person, even though she's probably just as immoral and just as compromised. Yeah, she's not. Here, she's not a good person. Thing, I'm not. I'm not okay with the narrative that she that Abby's at all good when she killed someone who fucking saved her life. Like that's make that again fucking clear. She fucking brutally murders the man who like literally she would have fucking died. Yeah, we would have not have had a plot. Like we would have not had a plot. And and the the idea is essentially that we're supposed to accept. I think I think it's I think it's a Bojack season five situation where where Neil wasn't satisfied with people thinking Joel did the right thing. And here's another problem I have too because this game 
re-fucking like retroactively ruins like one of the my favorite things about the last of us part one and that's the ending because what i really like about the ending of last of us part one is while joel's actions are concrete and they cannot be changed it's the context of everything surrounding that whole situation with the fireflies and the vaccine that's up for the bait because i always interpret it as hey in defense of joel who's to say these fucking people know how to make a vaccine who knows that ellie's even capable of producing a real vaccine who even knows if they're going to be able to widely distribute it hell the fireflies might fucking try to sell the vaccine i i always thought the same thing they would capitalize on the vaccine and set up it's the not new like i'm sorry i don't believe i just genuinely don't believe the fireflies are this altruistic group which totally gets fucking canned in this game no it was guaranteed gonna work it was guaranteed gonna work when there's no chance in hell in that situation that they would have been able to successfully produce a vaccine. And even if they did, you know those motherfuckers would be selling it for every penny you fucking had. They also they also made a point of making Marlene a better person than she was. Because in the original, Marlene also robbed Ellie of choice. Yeah, which is dumb. It makes me so mad. Stop. I, this is my least favorite part about sequels, Miles. Is when they actively hurt shit that was in the original. Yeah. I, I, I'm right there with you, brother. I'm not going to let it affect me and my relationship with The Last of Us Part 1. In fact, this game makes me think a lot higher of that game, as we talked about earlier. But that shit makes me so mad where it's like, how dare you, Neil Druckmann, take away my interpretation of the ending so you can live out your fucking fan fiction fantasy. Well, it, it's, again, it, it is a BoJack Horseman situation where instead of letting people just relate to BoJack and, and... Hopefully, through making good media, showcase that be, that wanting to be like or being like BoJack is a painful experience, and you should want to stop doing that, not out of some sense of moral obligation, but because you deserve happiness. Instead of doing that story, he did an entire season where where someone has to tell BoJack to his face that they didn't create the BoJack Horseman show, so BoJack Horseman and all the people like him could feel good about themselves. And I was like, no, yep. no, you're the creator of this. Let people internalize the work the, the way that you want. And if you hate that, then just then just steer the media in, in, in that you're writing in such a way where you can where where you can tell your message and people can take it or leave it. And if they leave it, then that's not on you. You told your story. And hopefully it was effective enough that anyone who, who is open-minded will take it. Yeah. But instead, so so the first thing that, that Merlene does is she asks Jerry Anderson. Oh my God, it, fuck it. When I saw his name was Jerry, I laughed. Yeah. I fucking like howled. So Jerry Anderson, she asks Jerry. An oh, uh, oh God, and the zebra. Do you remember the zebra? Yes, that was dumb. Were they trying to recreate the draft they were. moment? They were trying to recreate failed. the draft they, moment. They failed. So, so, that, but, but this. Not only did they just pet a giraffe, they saved the zebra's life. And the zebra had a baby. <laughs> they saved its life. Like the amount of like guys. Abby is a good person. In this yep. game is nuts because after Jerry Anderson is like, we can make a vaccine. Abby comes in. She overhears Marlene ask, would you let this happen if it was your child? And Abby comes in and she says, dad, if that was me, I'd let you do the surgery. It's so it's so dumb. And it's like, here's the deal. Like, I, I get it. I get it. Right. Fr from a storytelling perspective, they got to work. Neil's got a lot of work to do. 
Because the first thing we've seen from Abby is her fucking killing a beloved character we've loved for the last seven years. He's got a lot of work to do. It ain't working on me, though. I'm seeing through the fucking facade. That, that's the problem is, is all these scenarios are so artificial. Yeah, it's, I'm seeing through the fucking facade in the same way that people see Ellie as a bad person. Which she fucking is in this no, game. No, she's an awful that's human not mince words. She's a fucking terrible human being. But Abby is too. And I, I don't like the idea that Abby is getting off scot-free. Because she saved the fucking trans kid. Which, by the way, do you want to get to that? Uh, let's. Well, well, we. we or did we got? Or, or did we skip the sex? No, we didn't did skip, we skip the sex scene. That, sex that scene. happens. <laughs> this is pre-trans kid, pre-sex scene. Eventually, uh, but but the the sex scene is is post-trans kid. Anyway, so mm. so Abby, uh, uh, skip ahead a while. Owen, her friend, uh, former boyfriend, I suppose. Um, is missing, and apparently he shot a guy named Danny, who is uh, a Seraphite. The Seraphites are... He shot... No, Dan, Danny is uh, one of the yeah, wolves. Yeah, he shot one of the wolves. Uh, Danny is a... To protect a Seraphite. Yeah. So a Seraphite um, is is the most generic villain you could possibly write. Seraphites are like... Basically, like, the idea is that, obviously, we're endeared to Joel and Ellie and the people of Jackson, and they want us endeared to the wolves as well, at least a little bit. So, how do we create something that endears us? We need to create a hate-sick enemy. So, we're going to create the Seraphites, who are radical, fundamentalist, religious weirdos, who uh, believe that they're basically Amish Christians. It's, like, weird. Like, they don't use guns. They don't use anything from Old World or pre-outbreak. Yeah. Well, they use guns. They use a lot of fucking guns on me. Yeah, I guess they, they oh oh uh, Lev I think makes a comment about how there's uh, exceptions for warriors. Yeah, there's exceptions for warriors and and gas. Masks. There's some bullshit because they couldn't think of anything clever outside of a fucking bow. Yeah, uh, they I'm sure they could have done a great thing where they just throw Molotov cocktails and and have whistling arrows and and natural explosives, fucking fireworks. Why not? Um, anyways. You know, because you can you can make fireworks. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so so the Seraphites are like the most generic possible bad guys. Like when you hear cult, you don't like them immediately. When you hear fundamentalist Christian, you don't like them immediately. Like, and they're just like, let's just combine the two. And 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 <laughs> and I don't know anything about the Seraphites. All of their notes just like literally, they're so one dimensional. They're just religious nuts. That's it. There's nothing else to them. So they're not interesting. They're not interesting bad guys. Uh, but anyways, so so uh, Danny, they aren't even bad because it, it's funny you say this because I I didn't really get like the interpretation. I get it's like I'm like oh okay. I'm like I get what you're doing because we later on in the story meet two ex Seraphites who were sort of exiled, but a lot, but but both of them still hold the beliefs of their leader and see sort of positive aspects to the seraphite way of life and shit i'm like i see what you're doing here because when you play through ellie's story the wolves are the villains when you play as the wolves are the protagonist and you know you see them in a better light because you're not seeing them from a villain role and the wolves are villains but you meet levin yara and they're they're ex-seraphites and they have some good shit to say about what they've been doing and it's all good except for the rattlers but i'm assuming the rattlers are bad because we didn't play as them that well here here's the other thing too is that the game sort of frames levin yara as ignorant and as misguided for using for for following that faith even if it gives them any level of strength they're misguided I, in 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 their belief their devoutness unlike dina who's jewish 
I personally, I personally didn't didn't get that takeaway. I'd feel a way worse about the game if I did. <laughs> my 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 whole thing is Dina is Jewish, uh, and these Seraphites are are just cultists. Um, but all religion and all like belief sparks conflict. the The thing that's absolutely baffling to me though is that like it's like they they keep saying oh we want peace and it's like what what's stopping you from having it. Like, clearly these Seraphites don't need resources. You're not fighting over resources. Uh, and, and it seems like they've stopped you. Uh, they, there was a truce in place at one point. And it turns out, I guess the wolves shot a bunch of kids. Because, the, yeah, it, it's explained that the wolves shot a bunch of Seraphite kids because the Seraphite kids attacked one of the wolves it, it, there was like a misunderstanding situation between the two of them someone fucking died on the wolf side the wolves of course get revenge because that's what they're all about i guess um on, on these kids and they fucking die and then the truce is broken basically yeah and so it's their fault of course even though we're supposed to not like the seraphites i guess anyway so then so she goes to find owen and and we get a flashback to owen and her at the aquarium which is the first parallel yeah. Which is that uh, Joel and Ellie went to a museum, uh, and Owen and I almost said Libby, uh, a- Abby also <laughs> goes to a museum. And and the problem is the part with Joel and Ellie is really charming and cute and interesting. And yeah. this museum that they go to, because Ellie is n- is knowledgeable about dinosaurs, and she's got a brochure and she's reading about them. And Joel is referencing Jurassic Park. And, and of course, there's the space race, and, and you're learning that, and Ellie's knowledgeable about the yeah, space race. Yeah, and also Ellie likes astronauts. Ellie wants to be an astronaut. Yeah, and so and so there's a grounding. Here's why that scene... And also, we like these characters. Let's make that clear, too. We also like Joel and well, Ellie. Well, so that scene has a grounding, right? Like, yeah. you, we're learning things. We, we're, we're hearing references to pop culture, which we are able to relate to, because we've all seen Jurassic Park, most likely, or at least... I haven't. I haven't. Well, well I'm sure you recognize... <laughs> but I know what, I know the whole Velociraptor meme. Yeah, I'm and, very and of course, with... like, that's a lot of shit, you know that line, of course, everyone does. Although, it, they fucked it up the line, do you know? Because he says, that's a lot of shit, but Joel says, that's a mound of yeah, shit. Yeah, that's a mound of shit, yeah, they fucked up the line. They fucked it up. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they were afraid of copyright. I feel like they were really afraid of copyright in this game. Oh, they yeah. are. They are. Although apparently Pearl Jam has a poster. I found they that did, yesterday. Yeah, Pearl Jam does Pearl have a poster Jam. in the game. I think the, Pearl Jam is. They sing one of the songs. They also I sing. Think. I can't believe we didn't talk about "Take on Me" by Aha. Oh my the worst god! Scene what of did all you? Time. What, did, what did you do? What did you do when when you heard that? Well, here. So for some context, I I'm my top favorite songs. Aha is probably in the top five, or um, "Take on Me" probably in the top five, maybe top three. I don't know. It's hard to say. Cause I'm like, it's a fucking great yeah, time. Like it's like it's a tie between like virtual insanity, uh, Mister. It's a great Bright, another great yeah, song. Mister. Brightside, Space Cowboy, Mr. Blue Sky, Mister. Blue Sky, and Take on Me is probably the top five. We got two Misters, we got two Jamiroquai songs, and Take on Me. And so when she started singing the Take on Me rendition, I just I sat there with my head in my hands. I was like, why? This is two minutes of my life. And and I guarantee you, all of the bots cried their fucking eyes out during that scene. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. She's singing a song I recognize on the guitar. Bro, she should have played Freebird. The, the, context, the context I have of Take On Me is these fond memories of it being my helicopter song in MGS5. Like, the, the 15th fucking <laughs> reference to MGS5 today. But, uh, so like, my association with that song isn't romance- it's getting geared up for a badass mission or watching people get shot in the face by, like, 
So so when I when I heard that, and I I just love listening to that song in general. I think I think it's a yeah. great like. It makes me happy. And so somber renditions of that song do nothing for me. And so seeing it in this game I didn't friggin' like, sung by a character who I've come to hate, for a girl I don't know, annoyed me so much. Back to Owen and this museum and why it fails. Because we have a grounding, we have characters, we have real-world references, we have information. Dinosaurs are universal. Everyone knows about them. And instead, Owen and Abby don't know shit about... So you're just wandering yeah. through this aquarium getting non-comments. And it's like, oh, isn't it funny that Owen thinks that seals have spots? Turns out they do. Abby didn't know because yeah. she's dumb. Because she's a dumb bitch. <laughs> As, isn't it funny that that the fish are... I don't remember anything that happens in that segment. I just remember being excessively bored. They come to like the Shamu area with like the water with the boat. Um, yeah. The yacht that's there. And then they discover someone was dead there and oh yeah they go they go down to a, a subaquatic area like a dome and then yeah. he tries to kiss abby and abby's like no i'm too hung up on revenge to kiss you <laughs> and and he's like okay bye bitch i'm gonna go fuck mel instead uh anyways <laughs> i'm too obsessed with revenge to be fucked in the water dome yeah, in the water dome <laughs> don't worry though no, no, I want to know, Miles. You got where, where, where you want to scissor your girl? Do you want to scissor your girl in the weed room or the water dome? <laughs> the water dome. I hate weed. Weed is like not my thing, dude. I'm smoking. I, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking at the weed room, bro. Even most, most of that shit's dead. Well, well, you know, well, well shit's dead. here's the thing. We got three options, okay? We got the weed room, the water dome, and the yacht. That's not yeah, a yacht. That is not the, a yacht. That's nowhere near big enough to be a yacht. The dinghy. The dinghy. Yeah. Anyways, do you want to get your dinghy done in on the dinghy? <laughs> I, I, no, I was doing the fucking water dome with all the seals watching. <laughs> with all that moss on the with ground? That moss, yeah. Uh, that, that cold, hardwood floor. Get that, or that, get that cold, cold hard tile floor. moss in your clit. It's like metal, yeah. So, so anyways, um, so, so, flashback to the aquarium. Anyways, Abby, Abby is kidnapped by Seraphites, and the Seraphites... String her up, but she's saved by Lev and Yara. She's saved by Deus Ex Machina. Yeah. Spoilers about Lev. Lev is a little trans boy. Uh, I did not know she was trans until like two hours into hanging out with Lev. I, keep, I, I didn't keep, know for two hours. I kept making this mistake because I thought Lev was a girl the entire time. I thought Lev was a girl. I'm like, yeah, that's a girl who shaved her hair. Yeah, yeah. and I thought the twist was that, because I knew there was a trans character. I thought the twist was that Lev was a boy who wanted to be a girl. That's what I thought, yeah. I thought that was the twist, is that is that Lev was a trans girl. Turns out Lev is a trans boy. It doesn't matter, though, because I actually think of all the characters in the game, Lev is the character I hated the most. He just doesn't do anything. Lev doesn't do anything. And here's my problem with, with him, okay? Here's my problem with him. And nor is he particularly interesting, and I really am not interested in this play. Here's my problem with Lev, too. I don't like these kids. I don't like either of these kids. My, my problem with Lev, as we talked about this before with, with, with my problem with lollies and teens, right? Yeah. Lev is so child-coded. He is so grew up in the boonies child-coded. He is so, like... I am ignorant to everything child-coded. And that's my least favorite child-coding trope, is the kid who is so sheltered, they don't know basic things. Because there is nothing less fun in the universe than watching a character explain basic things everyone knows 
to another character. And I'd, I'd like to bring up uh, Darling in the Franks again. I'm sorry, everyone. Fuckers in the Franks. Let's bring up, let's bring up, let's bring up Sex in the Dome. Um, fuck, fuckers <laughs> in the Dome. Dar- darlings fuckers in the Dome. Fuckers in the Franks. Darling, darlings in the Dome. Darlings fuckers in the, in the Dome, Franks. baby. Darlings in the Weed Room. Um, anyways. <laughs> so, so, so there's, there's a scene where we're darling in the synagogue, darling in the synagogue. let me, let me fuck in the synagogue. So there's a scene in darling in the Franks where, uh, zero two is a little girl. She's feral and she's untrained. She doesn't know how to speak at all. Uh, and so of course you have the boy hero leading her around. And, and the thing about their little adventure is like the re- the things that, that she reacts to are things that characters react to very physically. Um, so we can see them on their face. So he gives her candy, and that's her first time having candy, and she's, like, super excited. Like, he shows her a picture book, and she's enamored by all the pictures. She tries to say her name, uh, at one point, and she screws it up. Like, th- things that are really physical and intimate, and very- things a kid would yeah. understand. I don't want to have to listen to Abby explain slang. <laughs> yeah, the word cool. She explains the word cool at one point. Like, the the cute part about characters who are that clueless and clumsy is seeing how out of water they are. But the scenarios should be scenarios that are funny or, or that are cute. Like 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 what I was bringing up with that or like Thor in, in, in the first Thor movie when he drinks coffee for the first time and he's like, oh, this is really good. And then he goes, another! And he throws his mug down on the ground because that's what he would do in Asgard. And it creates yeah. a disturbance in the diner. Um, you know, like th- those are the yeah, fish out of water. Yeah, it's a fish out of water yeah. story. Those are the fish out of water stuff. It's that like moving is fun. A, a salt water to fresh water. There's still water. Yeah. With Lev, there ain't no water when he's in the water. You get me what I'm saying here? Yeah. No, the pro- the problem is that Lev is such an alien of a character that like I can't relate to him or anything like that. And I I just I don't know. Like the dysphoria aspect of the character is so detached. Like I was I was thinking about like. There is a great horror game to be made about gender dysphoria. There's a great there's a great work there to be made. I may have even talked about this on mm-hmm. the podcast. Or, and we talked about this with uh, Joe. There's a great Vocaloid yeah. song to be made about gender dysphoria. There's a great horror game to be made about gender dysphoria. There's a great drama to be made about gender dysphoria. There's uh, maybe there's even a comedy to be made about gender dysphoria. Yeah. If you're really if you're you know what if you're a trans person and you have a, a rich sense of humor, there might be a uh, hilarious comedy. In, in that. You can do a story about anything in any genre if you think enough. But the, the, the trans coding on him is so basic, it's painful. Like, Yara is like, he explained to me how he felt inside, and I told him to keep quiet about it. Then he shaved his head. Now we on the run. Now we on the run. So and, dumb. And, and I'm like, so I'm like, why don't you stupid. describe you like just try describing some of the feelings that he had? Because like I, I've had people who say like they feel like their body is a fucking prison. That shit's metal. Like imagine hearing that. Like and 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 hearing that line. Like like Lev 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 was always prone to self harm. He didn't know what to do. Like you know. And I know that's over dramatic, but keep in mind what game we're talking about here. <laughs> like uh, like yeah. like self harm, suicidal tendencies, and suicidal urges. Like you know the the people, the forty one percent, the magic number. Everyone always brings that up in when talking about like I forty one percent of trans people uh, commit suicide or attempt suicide. I think I'm not sure what the exact uh, number is, but I, I see that number all the time, usually in really tasteless jokes. Um, but uh, um, like you know, there's all these things that I'm sure would be really compelling. And really, 
uh, you know, really heart-wrenching, probably not in this game, because I wouldn't, I didn't feel a damn thing, but great ways in which you could, because this game is already so melodramatic and so stupid, like, you might as well go ham on, 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 like, the discomfort and the dysphoria, you might as well, and instead, it's so fucking basic. It, it feels like, it just feels like, they, like, they didn't try, like, they, they want, they wanted a trans character in the story, but... They didn't try. They didn't try at all. Like, it's like, Lev is such a nothing character. And Yara is like, good, like, token good sister. And, and... Yeah, it's so dumb. It's, yeah, and it's, and it's edgy as fuck when they break her arm. Fucking deserved it, bitch. Do, do, you, do you remember, I, do you remember the line that she says? these fucking kids. Do you remember when, what, the line she says when she breaks her arm? Clip her wings. Clip her wings. That is the stupidest Which line. Which I don't, I, I, I don't know. I would, I would, if someone told me that and I was in that situation with the hammer, I'd be like, fuck, I'm sorry. What do you want me to break? What do you mean? I, no, it's because they're seraphites. Her they legs? believe in angels. It's so stupid. Anyway, so they save, they save Lev, uh, and, and Abby and, and Lev have to go and get medicine. Go on a fucking two hour expedition to cut off her arm. <laughs> it's so fucking long. And, and they bond and Abby realizes, oh, not all scars. Not hashtag. Not, not all seraphites. Not all seraphites. Yeah, no. Like Lev starts getting her to call them seraphites instead of scars, and and she's like, "Wow, your religion seems really nice." Even though scars sound way cooler, Miles, what gang do you want to be in? The scars or the bitchy ass seraphites? I would, I would, you know, the gang I would want to be in. Uh, I would want to be in in the I didn't fucking play this game, gang. <laughs> I wish we did. Yeah, um, this was your... No, it was also my idea. This was both of our ideas. We should kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> just like we, just like they do at the end of the uh, game, but we'll get there. Yeah, anyways, so I don't give a shit. So, they're, they're, so this is like example number fucking 15 of them trying to force the idea that Abby's a decent person to you. Is that she saves a little trans boy. And, 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 I, and I keep calling Lev a little trans boy, like the littlest trans boy, because it really is coded that way of like, like... He's he's such an innocent youth. He needs your protection. You're gonna be his new mommy. Yeah. Oh my god. He's so fucking lame. Like like. I'm so done with this game. My, dude. The game sucks. It's, it's so bad. It's like so and 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 maybe there's like for example, Lev wanted to be a soldier, right? Yeah. Like maybe maybe they should have played that up. Like Lev Lev is like battle ready. Like you know like Yara's like there there's infected and Lev's like come on we can take him. And, and Yara's like, yeah. no, don't, you idiot, don't do that. Like, you're just a kid. And, and of course, it's like, the, the idea is he's emulating a soldier to, to sort of, to sort of give a better impression that Lev is, is, uh, is in between identities. That, that not only is he trans, he's, he's trying to, cause a bit, another part of being trans is, is also figuring out what kind of man slash woman you want to be. Because it's not, yeah. it's not just about, be, it's not just about gender. It is about, like, ultimately, you know, what kind of person are you? What kind of person do you want to be? Some people are like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine as I am. Some people try on different identities and eventually settle on one they like. Like that's, um, people talk about like, like the trans e-girl aesthetic, like lots of cow emojis mm -hmm. and like lots of flowery pastels, um, things like that, you know, uh, that, that's a big, that's a big point of contention amongst a lot of people is, is like this sort of over compensation of, of being feminine uh to present yeah. to a straight world or to a, a heteronormative cishet world yeah with like a lot, a lot of stereotypes we equate to like women and yeah stuff, exactly yeah. That, this this idea of performative femininity you know so so maybe that you could play into that like maybe lev is is a very 
soft person. Lev Lev is is that is not his nature. Um, but he wants to be like the soldiers, and that's reinforced later on when he when he makes a decision uh, out of kindness that comes back to bite him. But you know, so so he wants to be like the soldiers, and it's just not who he is. Um, and and Abby sort of you know Abby learns from him like oh I'm not this revenge filled person you know I don't know something anything to give this yeah. piece of garbage substance. So anyway, so they they go on a quest to cut off Lev's arm, or uh, Yara's arm. I almost called her Yowie. They go they go on a quest to cut off her arm. Yowie. Yeah, they go on a quest to cut off her arm, and Mel says, "You're a piece of shit. I don't like you. I see right through your game." Which and I'm like, yeah, uh, me too, I'm, Mel. I'm with her. Me too. But, but the thing is, Mel's also a piece of shit. Clearly, agreed. And Owen, Owen is an all right guy. Anyways, I forgot though. After Yara has her wings clipped, um. So Abby goes to the boat and meets Owen. Owen's been drinking, and Owen is like, I didn't kill a Seraphite. He was old and tired, and I didn't want to kill him, and I figured he could just go off. And Danny tried to kill him, and then I shot him by accident. And then Abby's like, I hate you, let's fuck. And then they do on screen, um, and it's you see her boobies. Uh, you see, you see yep. her... You see the the mocapped actress's <laughs> meticulously reduced breasts. It looks so. It bad, looks so dude. bad. It, lo- it, the, the, it looked. It did not look right. No, it looked. It looked. It didn't look right because her body isn't like that in real life. They altered the the actress. They made her fucking look like Senator Armstrong <laughs> from fucking Metal Gear Rising. So 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 then they have sex uh, behind the back. They hit it behind the back. And I was talking about this with a friend of mine. The reason that they didn't show an ez- an edgy lesbian sex scene is because I was thinking about this scissoring with both of your actors in frame is probably impossible to film, and you would have to do shot reverse shot for both girls. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome though? It would. It would. Well, here's the thing: you couldn't show their legs, so it would just be like shot reverse shot, and you would and the camera would be right. It would be cut off at like their breasts. Yeah, here now here I, I I'm I, I gotta I, I, this is gonna give me in some in some shade on Hunter Miku's crack house. Uh, I I don't really watch any lesbian porn. I don't either. So I don't know how that shit's filmed. I, I I well the thing about it is for porn you just film it head on, but for a sex scene you don't. Like like in porn we would have seen Abby you know we would have seen their below their waist in the game though we only see above their their chest in porn I mean maybe I mean here's the deal maybe maybe Ellie and Dina could have just done oral I you could do a tasteful oral scene yeah I've seen it done on TV and stuff all the yeah, time yeah you do a tasteful oral scene but but yeah they could they could have done that but but what they did it they 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 cut away also by the way for a split second I was like damn are we seriously gonna get the 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 scissoring quick time event that you and I joked about a couple, a couple weeks ago yeah um um but no no scissoring quick time no, no scissoring QT there are lots of QTEs in this game every time I had to open a door I think I held triangle in this game more than I pressed triangle so that sucked um but anyways they cut off. Yara's arm, and Mel's like, I'm leaving with Owen to Santa Barbara. There are fireflies there, allegedly. You stay here. You can't come. Um, and then Abby is like, that sucks. Alright, whatever. And then she goes back to the wolf thing, the wolf thing to get medicine. Oh, that's right. She gets kidnapped by the wolves who find out she snuck out. She fights that stupid boss, gets the medicine, Yara's arm is cut off. So much fucking happens. Oh my god. And all of it's irrelevant. Like, anyway, so now now she's... It's, so, it's, it's more worthless. It's just padding. It's all padding. Yeah, so now she's on... To make this game 
25 hours to make it sell better, I guess. So she's on the wolf shit list now. And so is Lev. And Lev is on the shit list of the Seraphites because you can't be trans. I think it's just because she just shaved her head. That w- that was the rule she broke. Was she- was uh, Lev uh, shaved her head? I, I thought I th- uh, I think that or shaved his head. Excuse me. I think they were implying that Lev shaving his head was him coming out as trans. I think I, I yeah, think they were I, I think they I'm were sure trying to be it. subtle. Yeah, they were trying to be subtle. Oh, uh, but it doesn't work when you got a thick skull like mine. Yeah, well, it was, it, which was a horrible idea when the rest of the game isn't subtle. Again, I was telling them like, go in, go go really in, like find get a trans person in the room. Be like, so we're trying to do this accurately. Like, there are people, there, there's there are people whose job is to consult on these things. Get yeah. one of them in the room. I'm sure it would cost nothing, <laughs> um, or nothing compared to your massive overinflated budget. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. sure, dude. They had a tattoo artist credited in the game. Really? Yeah, they, they Fuck, I didn't see that. Did you see Bruce Straley's extra special thanks? No, I didn't. I was like, don't you dare put his name anywhere near this piece of Did, garbage. Was he in the special thanks? He, no, he he has his own page. It says special thanks to a bunch of, like, obviously all the normal stuff for games. Uh, And then there was an extra, and then there was an extra special shot. It was like an extra special thanks to Bruce Straley, who helped create like the original last of us and bring this whole world to life as well as as many years of support at naughty dog thank you bruce which is a kind gesture but like not in no, this not game in this piece of garbage. Get his name out of this out of these credits anyway so uh abby goes to the seraphite island and there's going to be a raid on the seraphite island to just kill everyone kill each other with the wolves and the seraphites and lev returns to the seraphite island to try to convince their mom to get out safely uh, yeah. But the mom hates Lev for shaving his head. Um, and uh, uh, Lev uh, uh, kills kills his mom. By, by accident. But <laughs> By accident, by accident. God forbid, yeah, right? God, God, God forbid. forbid. Uh, then Yara's like, it was just self-defense. Uh, oh, I, I forgot. Um, Manny gets killed by Tommy. That's awesome. That's, That's a, great a great scene. Part. Manny gets killed by Tommy. Because it just happens. Same thing with Jesse. Jesse just gets fucking bomb, bomb, yeah. bombed out of nowhere. So, so Manny gets killed by Jesse. Yara gets killed by a wolf guy, the leader of the wolves. And then so Abby basically adopts uh, Lev and helps yeah. him escape. And that was the most infuriating yeah, thing in the world because I hated Lev. Lev sucks. And Abby's shit too. I want them both to fucking get the I will say, I, by the end of the game, I didn't hate Abby. I was just like, fine. I was like, you know what? I get it. Whatever. I just don't like her. I, I just don't, I don't have like a vitriol like, hate I, just, I don't trend, have any like but I just her. I don't like her. Yeah, I, I don't, and I, I, fuck. And you still kill Joel. Like, I'm not gonna forget the shit you did. Like, and I don't care that you have justification for it, because El- what, was Ellie have justification for killing all your fucking friends? Like, the double fucking standard is fucking ridiculous. It's so dumb and bullshit. And, Anyways, we finally get back to the plot. Yeah, and I would I would argue this has been a a 10-hour detour. Yeah. Oh my god, 100%. 10 hours for you, I think for me it was closer to like 7 or 8, but still it felt like a fucking eternity. Yeah, the plots converge in the most anticlimactic way. I think the important thing to note too is that up to this point Ellie in Abby's story has been completely invisible and completely she's a non-element so everything that happens in this story is literally just about abby meeting lev and it's it, it's like give context but like it's context i didn't really like need i didn't well here's the thing if let like i think the story would have been better if lev wasn't there and it was just about abby seeing all of her fucking friends get picked off yeah it'd be 
at least interesting and at least you'd get her perspective you might not like her but at least you see where she's coming from yeah and instead instead abby like it, it's the exact opposite of what they should have done which is that in should instead of inspiring empathy towards abby's friends they were just like well yeah. that's just eye for an eye so she's gotta save someone couldn't they have done both couldn't they have done both of those like she sees her friends get killed like manny i mean like we saw manny die like man and by tommy tommy fucking axes yeah manny. he shoots him in the straight fucking up. face um and and also abby straight up fucking murders jesse which we forget about yeah well jesse's a non-character uh, just like lev and he Dara. is a non-character but but obviously there's like a friendship i, there I actually them. i think lev's voice actor made my skin crawl like there's something about the softness of his voice that is so annoying it's like asmr whispering it's do you know who who voiced uh uh, Lev, because no, I, I know Abby is voiced by Laura Bailey, uh, one of four female voice actresses. I didn't realize that was Laura um, Bailey because she sounds nothing like Laura Bailey. I mean, Laura Bailey is talented to give her credit. For sure, for sure. Yeah, she's just in a lot of shit. She's this like the only voice actress. It's like you got a project. Fuck it, call her Laura Bailey. She's, the, it doesn't she's matter. literally the Troy Baker of women. She is. She no. She is the Troy Baker of women. I have the stats to prove it. Uh, <laughs> anyways, so so anyways, we get the we get the climactic showdown, which we've seen, we've seen. Spoil, we got the spoilers and stuff because we looked up the spoilers like a month and a half before the game came out when all that shit went down, and we saw the scene in which they're at the basement of the movie theater. Uh, Dina is trying to protect Ellie. Uh, Abby's about to fucking axe. Dina and and, and and a pretty scene that I wish this happened because that one of the because it's so fucking sick when it's like Ellie's like don't she's pregnant and Abby's straight up like good and is about to axe the hoe but no of course we gotta have Lev come in and he's all like Abby it's fucking chill bro you need a snicker you need a snickers bro a snicker. uh, honestly if there were snickers in the post apocalypse this story none of this wouldn't, would, happen. wouldn't have happened there, that needs to be that needs to be a, uh, a thing like Abby and Owen on the cliff when she's like he's right there we gotta kill him Owen's like Abby eat a snickers why because because you're not yourself when you're, you're hungry, hungry. Yeah, and it's like, and and it's her, and she's like a Hulk, and it's like better, and then they cut to like Laura Bailey, and she's all skinny, and she's like better. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so basically, what happens is this whole revenge story ends with a no revenge happening. Yeah. Nobody, no, Dina doesn't die, Ellie doesn't die, Abby doesn't die, Lev doesn't die. The only characters who die are are everyone else. Yeah, it reminds me everyone of JoJo else. Part Five. <laughs> Well, we're where the whole crew dies <laughs> except for Jorno and Vista. Yeah, so fucking dumb. I it's like come on, and like here's the thing. They, they, it's like you're acting like 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 uh, Abby's the fucking better person here. It's like I'm sorry, I watched you kill hundreds of people in the last ten hours. She she rode on horseback through a burning village and shot people in the face. Yeah, and like cut a guy. He's oh, his we need to talk. We need open. to talk about this guy. We need to talk about Marauder Shields um, for a second because... Go for yeah. it. So, so first of all, you fight a huge hulking black dude. Was he black in your playthrough as well? He was okay. black, yeah. I, I thought there might have been randomized characters. I don't know. Anyways, no. so you fight a huge hulking black dude, and, and it makes me realize that there is indeed a double standard of violence against men and women and how much you can show. Because <laughs> yep. Ellie beating a woman's face in with a pipe 
basically the same thing as showing Joel's pulverized face. Like, the aftermath of that. Um, And then, how hard Abby fucks up this dude who's who's about to fight, who's about to kill Lev, is genuinely one of the most, like, teeth-clenching, disgusting things I've ever seen. It's, like, uncomfortable. So she has a show tell, or, like, a sickle or something. A sickle, yeah. yeah. And so she carves his face. She gets it into his jaw and carves his face open. Um, So if you guys have seen... so, So for reference... For those who didn't make it this far, which I hope is all of you, uh, <laughs> for this fuck, because this game is shit, you should have stopped 13 hours prior. Um, there, uh, Remember the scene in The Dark Knight by Christopher Nolan with Two-Face and how you could see the inside of his fucking face and how they did the makeup and you could see the innards of his of his mouth? Yeah, uh, that's this. <laughs> that's this. Yeah, that, that happened. For like half of his mouth. It's like just off. It's gone. Uh, that happened. And then they fell down. And then Abby distends his jaw. She reaches into the part of his jaw she cut open and starts tearing his jaw out. Oh, it's so gross. And then, it's and then so Lev gross. shoots him. And then Abby takes it and stabs him in the neck and face multiple times. Yeah. Meanwhile, Nora got beaten with a pipe and we didn't see any of it. And we did. It was off, and it was off screen. It's so dumb. It's so so again again. Naughty Dog pulls all their punches when when like it, it could have mattered. Yeah, and, like, and when instead, it could have like meant something. This guy like is nobody, and she just carves him up so bad. Like this is the kind. Did you ever watch? Did you see the Punisher? The Netflix Punisher. I uh, know that has a fantastic no. scene at the end of it where he gets his revenge on the guy who screwed over his life, and it's like fucking brutal. And it's like the exact kind of payoff you want. From a scene like this. Yeah, that's what I wanted in this fucking game. But but, but it not, was all taken away from Im- me. Imagine instead if it was just some guy. like some. It's like the scene in Jurassic World where that random lady gets like tortured by a bunch of dinosaurs. And it's like, what did, what did she do? You know what I mean? So anyways, eventually you do a shitty boss fight with Ellie that sucks. And she spares sucks. Ellie. So Ellie lives on a farm with, with Jesse's baby who they named JJ. Presumably Joel Jesse. No, no way! I, you think so? I think so. Yeah. Oh my god! No. I think I think his name is literally Jesse Joel. Last name. Last of us. Yeah, Jesse, Jesse Joel, Joel Last, last of, of us. us. <laughs> um. So. So. Anyway. So. So it's it's a cute little thing where Ellie lives a normal life with her wife, Dina, on the farm, on the farm. which they talk about, which they hinted at the which beginning. Which they hinted at nineteen hours earlier. So I forgot about it until it happened. And then I was like, oh, yeah. That was that, that one I actually did remember. I actually was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Call yeah, back. I was like, oh, yeah, I, I know why this is happening. But I, I remember thinking to myself, how how long is this going to go on? Because this interactive sequence happens for so long. It's like 20 Yeah, minutes. I mean, to be fair, Uncharted 4 has a similar sequence that, like, ru- it runs for as long as you wanted to, kind of. This ran too long where you're just I wanted kind of to be ex- done. Yeah, I wanted the game to be over. But no. For a split second... For a split second, I was like, is this story going to go somewhere? I that, Will this story meet my expectations about revenge? Are they really going to do it? Because what happens is that it's all said and done, and it's over. And Dean and Ellie are living a happy life, except for the fact that Ellie's still haunted by the events of Seattle. Yeah, and, and Joel's death. Like, whenever when it, she, she knocks over a shovel in a shed, and she hears the sound yeah. of it fall and imagines it's Joel getting hit. So obviously, like Ellie's still fucked up in the head. Basically, Tommy comes uh, comes over. He's basically like, "Hey, I heard reports. Abby 
is definitely in Santa Barbara. Like she's she's there. I can't go because Tommy got his leg fucked up because uh, Abby shot it. He's like, I can't go. And Dina's like, we ain't doing this shit. They have a fight. Ellie decides to leave in the middle of the night. Dina catches her. Dina's like, don't do this. You don't have to do this. And Ellie's like, I'm going. Peace out. Ellie goes all the fucking way to Santa Barbara. We play a short scene in the meantime with uh, Abby and uh, Lev. They find a uh, the old Santa Barbara Firefly base. Um, they get on a radio. They find people. They're at the Catalina Islands. They're heading there immediately after walking out of the house. They get uh, fucked by the Rattlers, um, who are uh, just another gang. They're, they're the a, junkies a from Hotline Miami, too, where they're just enemies. They're just villains. And we know they're villains because they have prisoners. And that's a t- step too far in the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Um, which is so... I, I, it's so arbitrary, dude. It's so fucking bullshit. But a- anyway, so... so, so uh, fucking Ellie finds out uh, from an experience with the Rattlers that Abby's being kept there. Um, you do a whole big section uh, at the Rattler base. You basically eradicate all of them. Uh, single-handedly, it's dumb and bad. And by the way, around the Seraphite Island, by the way, to bring it back to gameplay for a second, that was around the point where I said, "Fuck it, I'm blowing all my bullets. I don't care." No, same here. That was the exact moment, and I fucked up because it turns out I lost my way into a corner by using all my bullets too early because I couldn't tell when the game was gonna end. Yeah, so you do all this bullshit. It's revealed that Abby is away. Basically, Abby is being strung up like Jesus Christ. Because she can't get any better and basically hung up and left out to die because uh, her and Lev tried to escape. Uh, uh, Abby ends up, or I'm sorry, Ellie ends up cutting down Abby and, and Lev and the Abby's like, let's go. There's boats this way. And they get to the boats and Ellie remembers Joel's beaten in face and she's like, Abby, we're fucking fighting right now. And Abby's so done with this shit. She literally says, I'm not doing this. She's like, she's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm, she's like, I'm not doing this shit. I am so fucking over this. And, and Ellie's like, bro, I will kill Lev if you don't fucking fight me right now. Which was really cool, by the way. Very cool, Abby. Or very cool, Ellie. I don't care. They're all the same. Fuck, I hate them both. I, and it's like, and Abby's like, fair enough. You have a really dumb uh, fight in the water. And I, and I, uh, I, I, I am going to reference yet again, Death Stranding excellent final boss in that or not final boss it's an excellent boss in that game uh which is basically the same scenario uh two people duking it out in the water but in 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 death stranding there's like all these great it's it's like it's like the metal gear solid four fight where it's got its own little set of mechanics i was reminded of the mjs4 fight where it's like just two people who are who are just so done but like this just i like these kinds of scenes. oh for sure like this is a battle. I, I inherently love the fights where it's like, it's all done. Like, this is purely for the personal satisfaction just to end it. Just to guarantee end it. And we get so close, Abby bites off Ellie's fucking fingers. Oh, that part, that part uh, is amazing. Uh, which, yeah, fucking heinous. And then Ellie is drowning her. She thinks of Joel, who Abby killed, and then that's what decides to be like, no, it's not. I, Revenge is not the answer. I, I know why, though, because she thinks about Joel, and she remembers that she was able to forgive Joel. 
And yeah. she was like, I guess I can do this. I can also forgive Abby if I can forgive Joel. It's dumb. Don't do this shit to me. Because here's the fucking thing. Here's what makes me so mad about this. The whole, like, I fucking hate the whole revenge is not the answer bullshit when it's right at the end like this. A perfect example was someone explained, to, or a perfect, I, I don't remember who commented this, but it was a comment I saw on Twitter. And it was like, the Last of Us 2 story is like, Pat, Batman killed everyone who killed his parents, except he got to Joe Chill, beat him to a pulp and said, it's not worth it. I'll just be as bad as you, despite the fact that he killed 500,000 people to get to him. Like, it's so dumb. It's like, what What if in Modern Warfare 3, fucking Price finally gets the Markov and he's like, Soap wouldn't have wanted this. It's so fucking dumb. Yeah, so, so then the worst part about so it. So stupid. Because I get what they were going for. And that, this is the important but thing. You, al you already did that moment. That's what pisses me off. You already did that Moby w moment with Abby an hour and a half ago so you just padded the game out for the same conclusion yeah just so that ellie can also get that which is dumb i don't care i'm done i, I just I, I was so over it i'm like because here's my thing if you're gonna if you're gonna do the fake out ending where it's like oh man everything might end good but ellie's really gonna go out there and, I, and you're gonna make me do this shit. you're gonna force me to play another hour of this heinous horrible game let me fucking end abby's life please yeah or or have Ab or have ellie get killed again I would have been fine with that. Dude, it's so dumb. It makes me so mad because it's like a a Abby being like, I I I fucking Ellie being like, oh, I I'll be no fucking better than you. Meanwhile, she killed a fucking pregnant woman. Yeah. She killed Owen. She killed everyone else in the fucking wolves. But all right, I spared Abby, so it's okay. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't, it doesn't follow. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it's, it's a lesson learned. Meanwhile, Ellie gave up on Dina and Jesse Joel. Um... <laughs> And, uh, and so, uh, they leave her and, and in the months, cause it apparently takes her months to get to Santa Barbara by boat. Yeah. Uh, and then it also apparently, it would take her months to get back. And apparently Dina cleaned out the entire house. She moved. Except for Ellie's room. Yeah. yeah. She somehow yeah, she moved. moved probably back to Jackson. Yeah, so, but she probably moved back to Jackson. But I kept thinking about the fact that why wouldn't she just live there? You know, why didn't she just stay there on the farm? That's her farm. What's she going to do with all those goats? You know, what's she going to do? So anyway, so then Ellie finds all her stuff and she has a little corner with all her stuff still there. And she finds Joel's guitar that he gave her. And yep. Joel, she plays a song on it. She plays Joel's song, but she can't play it because she's, she's missing, missing fingers. fingers. Yeah. Which is a good scene. I, good, good, I like good that moment. scene for sure. And then she walks away and we zoom in on the guitar. She's walking and it's like, oh, she's leaving behind Joel. She's leaving, she's leaving it behind to live her own life. The end. All right, bye, everyone. Next week, we'll talk about something else. No. <laughs> also, and I do want to say this. So, so, one, so one point that I want to point out that I missed because I just, I just turned, once the credits hit, I said, I'm done. And then I just turned off my console. Uh, the, so a lot of games do the post-credits the post -credits title screen. Yes, I got that. The post-title credit scene is at Catalina Beach showing that uh, Abby and Lev made it to the Fireflies. Yeah. Okay, sure. So, they made it to the Fireflies. Okay. In, in case you were worried about that, which I wasn't. Uh, yeah, which I don't know why you would be, because I, I don't See, I, I assumed them, that the Fireflies were the Rattlers, and they were basically, like, using it to round up all the surviving Fireflies. Nope. Nope. They made it. I just... I just... I, I have no hope left for society or myself. I... 
after this game. I will say I need I need a palate cleanser, and I don't know what it's gonna be. I might I might do a, a YouTube video. I, might... I played Portal yesterday. That sounds fun. That's a great an hour long game that made me feel again. I might I might play Xenoblade Chronicles. I've been meaning to do that. Might make myself a YouTube video. I would want to do YouTube again. Honestly, might 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 sit down hard, try to crack down on some like actual writing, not YouTube garbage. Um, yeah. Because if anything, I think this game motivated me to make something that actually isn't such a fucking nightmare waste of everyone's time. It, because here, here's the true sin of this game is that it says nothing. Yeah. The, I don't know what it was saying to me that I that wasn't plainly said in Moby Dick. Yeah, it's so like come on, like I'm so over. I'm like I, I'm, I think we talked about this on a previous episode of Crackhouse, but I'm just so over like basic messages like i'm so over like racism is wrong like yeah i know i watched the i watched the cartoon this the the children's cartoon special where where they bring martin luther king jr to the future before he did anything you've seen my, this right? my we've talked martin, about this yeah. right my bell martin i've seen my bell martin i know racism fucking wrong i know revenge is the path to nowhere Re- I know this shit. I'm 23. Revenge is a dish best served over 30 hours. There's a fucking me- mindless fucking gameplay. Yeah. Um. Fucking Metal Gear Solid Five to fa- from the Phantom Pain. Uh, to bring it up for the first time for me is a better revenge plot. Uh, than Last of Us Two. MGS Five is fucking is is a is is a as a as a game. Its plot is Swiss cheese with more holes than cheese. Yeah. And it's still a better revenge story because it has two things. The one moment that you actually want to the see. The revenge. The revenge. And your character descending into doing unspeakable, awful things. It, I just, it's so lame. This game is just the lamest shit. And I just can't believe, I just, because what I did yesterday night, because I knew we were going to record today, I said, you know what? I'm going to pull up a podcast where I know for a fucking fact they all suck this game's fat cock. Because I got to know how, what they're saying. And they're saying, you know what? They're saying the sh- same shit we are about revenge, about like, oh, revenge and hate. And I felt when like, oh, when like, I felt so bad when like Ellie like was making a mistake, leaving Dina to go fucking fight Abby again and all this shit. I'm like... How could you feel anything? Like, how could you feel anything? Like, do we even play the same fucking game? It, it was interesting because a friend of mine was saying he watched a stream by a speedrunner. And the speedrunner yeah. at the end of it was like, he was sitting there pensively like, wow, I really can't believe this, 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 and this. Like, you know, wow. Like, And the thing is, he was just analyzing the base level story. Yeah. Um, he was, he literally just was like looking at the very basics of it and being like, hmm, yes, I do see revenge leads to nothing. And I'm like, like, it really does prove, like, this game is, is, this is like the high school reading material of video games. Like, the, the point of, the point of high school reading material is not that it's necessarily a brilliant work, but it's that, it's that it's work that has something to say, but is also accessible enough to be used to teach you how to read more advanced work. Like, yeah. The Last of Us Part Two is not a masterpiece. It is, it is the starter course. 
It is high school reading. And, like, if you want, like, the masterpiece version of that game, like, it's probably, like, MGS2 or Nier. Yeah, and, and by the way, I've heard many people explain the Abbey Switch as, like, as, comparing it to uh, the Raiden it's Switch not, in, in Metal Gear Solid like 2, which is not even fucking close. They're not even close to similar. Yeah, the... It's, they're not, well, they don't even have the same goal, like, and, and the same amount of game time, and the same message being said. Raiden isn't another side of a story. Raiden, if anything, is a significantly worse person than Snake. Yeah, that's the point. Yeah, the point is that, is that he is supposed to reflect the, the player's own desire to live out a fantasy. Raiden slipping on bird shit in the first, in the opening of the game... Honestly, they are walking through pee. They are walking through pee. Honestly, says so much more and is so much more daring and creative and comical than The Last of Us's basic ass story. And and the I think the biggest issue with The Last of Us Part Two, like at the end of the day, is like I don't know what the fuck critics are saying that makes this game so great because that I I am damning this game forever. In one year's time, The Last of Us 2 will be lucky to even be mentioned in conversation ever again. Oh, oh my god, yeah. So that's sort of the kind of, that's kind of the sad thing about The Last of Us 2. And I know it's a little weird considering we're over three hours into this podcast at this point. But I want to say that, like, you are right. This is not a, like... This is not the kind of bad game. And I want to say this. Bad games don't stick around in the same way that, like, iconic bad movies do. No. Because you have to play a fucking game. And, like, this isn't, like, so bad it's good. The the reason, like, Sonic 06, for example, stuck around is not because people played it. It's not because people played it. It's because they watched it on YouTube. It's because Game Grumps played it, and they did all the funny meme glitches. Ha ha ha. Like... (laughs) It's like there, there's or Superman yeah, big rigs. The only people, the only thing people or know big about rigs. Yeah, yeah, the big only rigs. thing people know about big rigs is you can drive off the map and you are winner. Like, like, but people haven't played that game that like these legendarily bad zero out of 10 games. Like, but I want to play big rigs though. Genuinely. Yeah, I mean, I, here's <laughs> the thing. You should, awesome. like, but, but something like the last of us, I think that's the worst part is I was honestly hoping to come onto this podcast and say a bunch of interesting things about how much of a failure it is. I guess we didn't even talk about the dog scene. I think this is the ultimate moment of like, Oh, is that it? Like this dog scene, every, every journalist was talking about how bad they felt when they killed the dog, but I didn't kill the dog. Ellie killed the dog for me in a QTE. And then I guess the dog was still alive and I played fetch with it, and, like, I guess... But the thing is, we didn't even realize it Wait, was the same hold, dog. Hold, yeah, hold on. I, people are talking about the a dog scene? I'm, like, bro, my brain's breaking. Do you remember before about? you killed Jesse, or Owen, and and Mel? Abby stabs the dog. The dog attacks you in the aquarium? Yeah. That's right. I mean, I, I here's the deal. It's the same QT. Anytime a, a dog attacks you normally, I don't fucking give a yeah. shit. And and the difference is she. They all look the fucking same. They're all German shepherds. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, does I never survived a dog grabbing me? Uh, because dogs in this game have stupid damage output. Okay, probably that's a survival yeah. thing then, because the, you're able to do it on normal. They'll take a chunk of your health. But though. but she does stab them again, right? You put basically you just push them off and then you have to shoot okay. them. Otherwise they'll come back. Again. Yeah, oh that and that's one thing dumb. we didn't mention is that, is that the dogs are the most horrible, inconsistent enemy I've ever fucking faced. We talked we did talk about it, it was just three hours okay. ago. <laughs> anyway, 
anyways, that, that's that's the thing. I was really hoping to come on here and like dissect all of these bad decisions and dissect and really break it down. Yeah, and really yeah. break it down. And what we ended up doing was, I honestly, we should cut down on this fucking plot summary because nothing interesting happens. That's the problem. Is this game is boring? This game is boring. It is a fucking slog. It is like I'd rather I'd rather watch video of shit coming out of my own asshole <laughs> than 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 play this fucking travesty. I dare you like, to actually do that now. If I can get a, if I can get a camera in the toilet, sure. <laughs> well, you can you can um, spot over it. I don't know. I'm I I that actually that does remind me. Um, I there was a legendary story at my school of a girl who's who did an experimental film project, and apparently she did film herself peeing into the toilet. So I remember that. Like, like she she was, like, straddling over it, and, like, pee- so so that's a legendary story for my school. Like a dog. Yeah, like a dog. Like a dog with her arm, like, yeah. out. Yeah. Um, and so, but that's the problem. It's just, like, it's just a bad, boring story filled with crappy, pointless moments, characters you don't care about who all talk the same, bland gameplay, like, like the best you can hope for is good environmental art and good sound and and i will but say like, i like the nautical aspect of the game i like the aquarium i like the ocean bits um well mm-hmm. i should i liked the part of the aquarium where you were going through like the the underwater coral kind of demonstration yeah. i like that part because it reminded me of of an aesthetic i like I like the storm. Top three storms, baby. Storms in video the top, games. The top five greatest storms in video games. That that might rate number one. I'd watch that. I'd watch that top five of that top ten. That might I'd rate number one if it lasted longer. I hated all of it. Um, game is terrible. I think that's really that's really the biggest shame is we got on this podcast really hoping to like to to go into it like that there was fun or funny things to talk about and it was just a joyless slog with no new ideas even at the gameplay level like oh dodge button oh you can crouch okay none of those things oh, you can go prone yeah like going prone literally only affects one thing which is the level of grass you could hide in because the game is more dependent on grass than it is on open air stealth I'm more dependent on grass. <laughs> so, so, so is Dina and Ellie, baby. Oh my God! Give me, give me, hook me up in the weed room. All right, guys, just to end this off. Well, hang on. With a good, note. I do want to, I do want to ask, what is your rating of this game? So, I, I, I'm, I've actually been kind of torn on this. So, when I messaged you, so I'm, so Miles and I, I, I was about, about ten hours ahead of you the entire time, because uh, I just started the day prior. Yeah. Uh, so I had about a day's lead on you. So I said around the, the 18 hour, game took me 23 hours, around the 17, 18 hour mark. I remember I messaged you. I said, right now I'm feeling a four out of 10, which is what you said you were feeling yeah. at the time. And you were about 10 hours in. Then I beat the game and I was just kind of like whatever about the ending. And it was a four out of 10. Then I thought about it a couple hours later that night and I just got madder and madder and more upset. And I was fucking furious about how like, the game just wasted my fucking time. Like, again, nothing makes me more upset in this world than people wasting my fucking time. And this is a perfect example of that. And I think I, I got to go lower, dude. I think it's a three for me, man. The stuff I like is so, 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 so out fucking weighed by all this shit that is so terrible and bad and shit I hate fucking hate and despise that i i can't i can i think it's a three and i i, I and i agree with the 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 metacritic score the 3.3 user score 
I, I really think that's accurate for me. That's why I'd give it about a three. I, I was thinking about this too, because I was I was thinking about my sleep schedule was screwed up to play this game to, by the time to get it to the podcast. I had all these opportunities. I could have talked to friends, could have watched things I wanted. I had a buddy of mine who I had to blow off a couple writing sessions with him uh, for to finish this game. And on any other occasion with a truly great game, I would have done it gladly and I would have just been immersed in it and I would have got off and I would have said, I am having so much fun with this game. And every time I stopped playing, it was out of I, I had to force my way through it, and any time I stopped playing, it was be, it was out of, I have to go to bed now. Yeah. Because I've been working my day job of playing The Last of Us too long. I would finish the game around 5 in the morning at times, because my sleep schedule was so screwed up, because I was such a, I was already behind. I went to pick it up at, at I went to go find it at GameStop, and they said, we only have the special edition left. And I said, how much is that? And they said, it's $90. And I said, can I return it? And they go, not if you open it. And I went, fine, I'll see you later. Uh, yep. And then I had to download it digitally. So I had to wait for it to download digitally, which took all fucking day. You were ahead of me by that point, And I had to catch up to make this podcast. I'm glad we did oh, it. me too. I'm, gl- I'm genuinely glad we did it because this is a great show. Yeah, but that's the thing is I thought about all, like, I could not think about anything else. A great game <laughs> leaves you thinking about nothing else but how great the game is and how much you want yeah. to come back to it. And all I could think during this game was all the wasted time. After I finished it, I looked at my, my final play count. It was 30 hours. And I thought about all the times I could have turned into bed earlier and fixed my sleep schedule, about all the DMs on Discord I got that I didn't answer. And I just, I, and about all the rage at the fucking California house, the worst map, maybe the worst stealth section ever. I am 100% with you. This game is the softest, lowest, most fucking hate-filled three I can ever give a game. I think, I think it's an embarrassing work by a bunch of edgy, try-hard people who wanted to create gaming's Moby Dick or gaming's Heart of Darkness, and instead they just made... I, I thought it would be an exploitation film from all of the, the, the stuff that they described. I thought it would be... Yeah. Yeah, I Spit on Your Grave, or, or um, you know, something really fucked up, and uh, The Exterminator, something really fucked up and dark. Honestly, it's just like a, an R-rated Oliver Stone movie. Yeah, it's just lame, dude. It's like, that. that's what, like... I really say, like, lame in, like, the true sense of the fucking words. Like, it has no fucking backbone. This game is and made it's for like, pussies. Oh, yeah, it's dark. It, it, it's good. Like, let's keep in fucking mind here. This, this is a triple A AAA fucking first party fucking Sony game. They're not going to do something too out of hat because Sony ain't going to let that shit happen. They're not going to go fucking crazy. They, they pitch it like it's some next level shit, but it ain't. Because guess what? If you think this is next level shit... I, you, you expand your fucking horizons like truly like go on steam and play some of the crazy shit there that never gets covered that never gets covered anywhere i look at a game i think it was called scorn where i think you 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 beat the shit up i think you like i think you you do some crazy shit i think with that like a pregnant woman or something in the game like pretty it's a heinous fucking game but like that's fucking heinous villainy shit. Or, or hatred. There's a there's hatred. That came from forever ago. Or hatred too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, hatred's like a fucking sociopathic nightmare. But like, and it's also not very. No, good. it's a shitty but, game. But, but it's. I mean, it's fucking shit. But like, that's going all out. 
That's fucking going all out. This has no fucking back. I, I will say, I think this game is darker than Hatred. Hatred has like a sort of jovial tone to it. Hatred's just kind of like a meme. Like, I, I don't know. It's not that serious. Like, it, it's so edgy, it comes back around to being funny. The end of the game is, is a joke. Oh, okay. I haven't played Hatred or seen it. The, the ending of the game. It. I saw a gameplay of it, and I was like, this is like a shitty house mark uh, over the top twin stick he, he He finds out there's a nuclear power plant, and he's like, I wonder what would happen if I blow it up. And then he does, and the whole thing blows up, and then it ends with him going, huh. And then it cuts to credits, and it, it's, it's like a joke, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, like, the, 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 the way that, here's the thing. They pitched this game very specifically. They told all these fucking journos and all these fucking troglodytes how to read the game. They told them it's about hate, it's dark, yeah. we gave everyone names. By the way, the name thing is so lame. I, I kind of like it, because here's the deal. If you want to make your, your AI seem more smart than they actually are, have a ton of audio. That That is true. I was really impressed by, by them being able to say behind that table or in the grass. Or... Behind the table, behind the car, behind the truck. Like, lots of that stuff. Excellent stuff. Fear does the same thing. Fear came out in 2005, though. Um, and it's better. It's still better AI. Um, that's smarter and more intelligent, and you can actually play around them. And it's fun, and it's the whole appeal. That's why you, you would even want to bother playing Fear in 2020. That, that's, that's the it, big when, thing. In 15 years, Miles, in 2035, is there any reason to go back to this No, game? there's no reason to go back to it other than the fact that it got a billion 10 out of 10s. And I think that's the problem. The game will only be relevant in the same way that Bioshock Infinite is because it, was, it, was, it had smoke blown up its ass by self-conscious critics. I think about this... Do you think if... I think, I think about this a lot with, like, MGS4. That's, that's another game... That everyone gave 10 out of 10s, and then you go back and replay it, and you're like, what the hell is this? Like, what is going yeah. on? <laughs> Peace Walker, the same thing. Some people have that reaction to 5, of course. Um, I think 5, there's a lot more merit uh, to that, because just the gameplay in general is fucking fantastic. Yeah. And 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 reviews at the time did note the story was mediocre. Um, so I, I think, oh, I think yeah. those 10s are very accurate. Like, as far as, if you read the reviews, you know what you're getting. Like, yeah, like Sky, even Skyward the, like, Sword there's... is another like, what the fuck? What were you thinking? Like ten out of ten. Um, so so like this game will only be relevant as another example of journalists giving something a ten without thinking. And that's sort of my thing too, because because here's something I, I I'm really curious about is like is the Game Awards this year. I fucking can almost guarantee this shit is getting fucking nominated for Game of the Year. And I think it's going to win. If Cyberpunk doesn't win or Cyberpunk gets ended up ends up getting delayed yet again into 2021, there's a good chance this game could fucking win yeah. Game of the Year with how the, 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 the journalists talk about it. And in the community vote in the Game Awards, it's like 10% of the overall vote, so it doesn't really matter. But yeah, uh, I do want to wrap this up with because uh, we've more or less said everything we need to say about the game i would do want to end with with the drinking game okay the last us two drinking game if you're gonna watch someone play this you can get, get out a couple couple beers a couple cores lights if you're like me and uh get, get going so here here's a good one take a drink every time you have to hold triangle to do something okay take a drink every time you have to boost one of your characters uh down your drink whenever the uh your player character gets a concussion and it cuts to black uh that's a down your drink um, uh, take a shot every time uh, an enemy bullshit uh, catches you uh, when they shouldn't have. Uh, <laughs> Miles, do you have anyone I need to add? Uh, I would say take a sip every time you hear the word fuck or fucking. All right, all right. Take a sip every. Take a, a nice, a nice little, yeah, nice, nice, little, nice little, nice little slurp. Take a, sh take another sip 
every time someone makes a sarcastic quip. Yeah, yeah, only a little sip. Only, only a little sip. Okay, <laughs> take take a uh, take a shot every time your melee attack fails and you're interrupted. <laughs> oh my god! Can I real quick one quick gameplay story that you just brought up with that? One of the characters, one of the enemies, hopped on a truck. And I hit, I threw a bottle at them, and they were stunned, and my, my melee weapon couldn't reach them. So they got unstunned and then shot me, and I was like, well, fuck this. <laughs> fuck this game. <laughs> Fucking shit. Uh, take, take a whole, take a whole keg. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, take, take a, take a shot every time a dog suddenly picks up your scent, and you're not sure how it happened. Take a uh, take a drink every time. Uh, uh, down uh, d- down your drink when someone fucks. Uh, <laughs> down, down your drink. Down your drink when someone fucks in the dome. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> or the weed room. Yeah. Oh. Um. Uh. In the Jackson segment. Uh. Take a shot every time someone says the name of a character who doesn't come back at any point. <laughs> take a uh, take a take a sip every time an enemy shouts out some random person's name. They got Sherry. Uh, did, did you notice there was a guy named Miles? No, I didn't get I Miles. Got make- I'm Ooh, sure they're all random. I wonder. I wonder if it was because my PSN name has my name in it, and they were like, "Ooh, that's good." I didn't hear they got Sam. Although Sam is a character in Last of Us. That's that might be why. Uh, but they 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 were like, "This is gonna rattle them," and I just laughed. I laughed hysterically. Oh, um, they got Miles. Yeah, take take a shot every time Abby does something cartoonishly strong. Take a shot every time someone has to go through a shortcut. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Every time someone said, I was I was gonna say every time. That uh, that that someone says we'll cut through. Yeah, we'll cut through. I know a shortcut. Yeah. Um, take a shot every time you have to do some absurd shit to get around a dumb barricade. Uh, take a shot every time you have to move a dumpster or throw a rope. Oh, take take a uh, take take a shot every time you get a note that doesn't enhance your understanding of the story in any way. <laughs> Take a shot every time. Take a sip every time you open up a cabinet and there's nothing in it. <laughs> uh, oh, take take a shot every time an animation runs longer than you expected it to. And last but not least, drink the whole twenty four pack when Joel gets his head beat in with the golf club. Aren't you happy that, that you is can all. finally say it uncensored? It feels so good. Feels Joel so gets good. his fucking head beaten in. By fucking golf. head beat in with a golf club by fucking Senator Mamstrong. Miles, do you have anything else to say before we wrap up this three and a half hour long podcast? Yeah, I, I think I think the only thing that I want to say, and this is a message, maybe even a challenge to people, is like if all of this is making you like we've snarked a lot about The Last of Us Part Two. Um, I think if anything, though, this game has sort of proven that hate and anger and nihilism are such cheap tricks that don't work on people who who just like who see through it. Um, and the yeah. world needs more positive art right now. And so if you are, especially now, yeah, if yeah. you're an artist of any kind, I don't care if you think you're bad at drawing. Um, I don't care if you are a writer who hasn't written anything in 500 years, or if you, you know, draw little comic strips. Uh, I don't care what you do. Just don't try to make something like this. Make something. My challenge right now is just to make something that you think would make someone happy, even a little bit. Write something with some fucking humanity in it. Um, and and more importantly, like, just, like, anytime you see art that preaches itself as violent or nihilistic or, say it with me, Sam, super dark. dark. 
Uh, just like, just don't buy into it. The world doesn't need more garbage like The Last of Us 2. Because one day, one day, all of the stuff that's happening outside of our windows right now is gonna be forgotten, you know? All yep. of this, all of this, this hatred and all of this racism, I do believe it's, there is a cure to all of it. It is possible. Uh, and I genuinely think it stops when you stop putting out fucking garbage media like this. When you stop, when you stop cycling these fucking stories. And, and I also think that when it stops, stories like this will be irrelevant and alien. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't put it any better myself. I do want to say, if you're an artist out there and you want to send us some of your cool art that is happy and go lucky, I would love to read it, as well as Miles. You can hit us up at Miku's Crack House on Twitter. On YouTube, if you're watching this here, you can uh, subscribe to King Masan. You can follow Miles at Miku's Crack House as well. Until next time, we'll have more videos in the future. If you guys like the video format of the podcast, please let us know. Until next time, we'll see you guys next Thursday. Don't play The Last of Us 2. Good night. We love you. Anime thighs when she opened up so wide. I got a twinkle in my eye. Asian pussy is so tight. I just really want to pipe. Oh my gosh, she got them big ass titties. She's only five. Anime thighs when she opened up so wide. I got a twinkle in my eye. Asian pussy is so tight. I just really want to pipe. Oh my gosh, she got them big ass titties. She's only five. Bitch, I'm about to fuck this cutie, so I whip out my katana And I knock this little bitch out with just one hit like I'm Saitama Why you act like you retarded, like little bitch, I don't want drama I still hit when she says no, don't understand when she don't wanna A Sword fighting with my penis like I'm in a fucking dojo All these bitches want me like my name was fucking Jojo Asian penis is too tiny like it was a no-show Bitch, don't watch a coochie, watch anime with the bros, though with my motherfucking bitch I might pull up, give those thighs a little motherfucking kiss And man, if you talking shit, tell Ryuki you on a list Yeah, your sister is my groupie, she take this anime Dick. Okay, okay, like little bitch, I don't care if that fat ass is too deep. Score a bounty on that pussy, you can call me Spike Lee. Putting out fire, getting ice, bitch, I'm Todoroki. And if you got some shit to say, then you can say it to me. Anime thighs, when she open up so wide, I got a twinkle in my eye. Asian pussy is so tight, I just